your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Too hot, too hot, too hot, lady. Gotta run for shelter, gotta run for shade. Feeling hot, hot, hot. So damn hot. Milk was a bad choice. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. It's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And guys, it's only 80 right now. It's only 80, but it's uh, I think the humidity, let's check that humidity. I think the humidity is like 80 also. So it's hot. It's if you it's, walk outside, if you have glasses like I do, your glasses fog up. Oh yeah, it's it, it just—it's the type of humidity that just smacks you right in the face as Smack. soon as you walk out the door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of like what the pirates did to the Cardinals oh, last night. Oh, oh bro, that's oh, Bill Grimsley right I'm there. I'm sorry. It's oh, seven o'clock. Fired I, I early. Oh man, I—I'm just saying, it yeah, happened. You are wrong. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, CD. How you doing, man? I, I would be so much better if my—if I could figure this thing. Out, you know, I'll so up. it's it's always your mic. Too. Okay, there I think you it's go. gonna stay still. Now. Uh, somebody did some work on these. Okay, okay, so if you're watching on the YouTube and you can, just go to YouTube.com and then type in 101 ESPN STL. You can see that uh, we all have microphones, which is natural because we're a radio show. Correct. Uh, but. <laughs> Many Minus. times it's hard to keep our microphone in one spot. Well, mine was difficult yesterday, and now Carrie's is today. That mine is like in the, and I don't know if Stalter did this. I don't know who did it, <laughs> but but my microphone right now is in the perfect, almost. Oh, there you oh, go. oh, oh, no, oh it was it just bounces perfect, and then it went, right back up. Got really yeah. excited there. Because everybody moves everything. Oh, okay, Randy. No. No. <laughs> Yeah. You, you got it now, Rock. Yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. You'll see. Yeah, Rock, Rock uh, you'll, you'll learn about this. <laughs> um, uh, intriguing. Yeah, that's, oh, that's uh, how things are going. Matthew, so we're on a delay on the YouTube, and Matthew's watching out to he's, see what he's, happened. He's so, uh, uh, the Cardinals did lose, as uh, Brooke mentioned. They kind of got hammered last night by the 2023. Did you see it, Rock? Yes. Okay, 2023 World Champion Pittsburgh Pirates. The oh. final score was 11 to 1, and that uh, that uh, O'Neill Cruz man, he was just unbelievable for Pittsburgh. He, he must have had like what? No, no. I don't. I don't. I don't. No? I don't think he's out. He's not there. Wait, they, the Cardinals lost to the Pirates 11 to 1, and O'Neill Cruz wasn't even there. No. I don't. Well. Here's the thing. I, I guess they had to delay CD Rom's start because no, he was no, so no, good no, and no, so dominant no, he, in the minors. He, uh, he actually started. 
Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. He went. He, it didn't go. It didn't go well for him, though. Okay. Well, unfortunately. Oh. 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 He, he, okay. Three and two thirds. Okay. Well, not eight, quite. Eight not runs. quite a quality start. Eight hits. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, not, not quite. <laughs> uh, yeah, like sixty pitches. Um, no, he, he pitched ninety. 90. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, three and two thirds. Uh, he allows eight runs. Uh, only five of them are earned, though. <laughs> uh, four strikeouts <laughs> and uh, four walks. And uh, uh, Drew Rom's current Major League Baseball earned run average is fourteen point seven three. That being said, that being said. The Cardinals have found themselves a catcher that doesn't cost $87.5 million. Hatch is a good name for a pirate, right? Hatch. Why? Fly ball deep left. Kisner has put the Cardinals on the board with a long home run. So we got one of them back. Kisner keeps up his great work at the plate. His 10th home run. It's now an 8-1 game, and it was no cheapie. How about that? How about, How about that? that? <laughs> <laughs> the poor play-by-play announcer. It needs to be added. No, I will. It needs to be added. It's good for Andrew Kisner. If only they figured that out with him maybe a little bit sooner, then maybe ago. it wouldn't be with uh, this whole mm-hmm. catching debacle that we have seen play out all this season. Uh, you like to see Andrew Kisner take those steps forward yeah. because he deserves it, right? He does. He does. He's, he's a good catcher, and he's good defensively. And... If you're aware of it, he was drafted out of, I think, NC State as a third baseman that could hit. And they moved him to catcher, and he wasn't a good defensive catcher. Now he's a good defensive catcher, and now the offense is coming along as well. Meanwhile, Drew Rom victimized by an error early on. And Ali Marmol talked about the overall performance. It was an interesting outing. I thought he his stuff is actually better than what the line was. Um, when you look at that first inning, he easily could have been out of that inning a lot earlier, forced him to throw some extra pitches there. Um, didn't command the baseball as well as he wanted to or as well as we needed. Wasn't laying in the off speed, uh, so I had to use the force him a little more than uh, than usual, but I feel like uh, his stuff could play better than what he showed today. And we did mention that a couple of those runs, were uh, three runs were unearned, and that was as a result of an error by Jose Fermin, who made that error in the first inning and allowed a couple of runs to score early on to, to make it 2 nothing. Would the game have been different, Ali, if that error had not been made? Yeah, there's a lot going on in, in your debut. I mean, you you got a lot mentally um, and it's draining, so um, I'd like to definitely see him again because I think it'll show better than what we saw today. You know, if only the Cardinals could get a gold glove second baseman, this whole thing wouldn't have, have happened. If they, could, uh, if they could go out, and, so Wait. in free agency, I think they should go out and get a gold glove second baseman that can help them. Because Kerry. you want to be sound. They have one. They, they have a mean? gold glove second. They, well, they have a, why, a, a why was guy. Why was playing second base? Well, because their gold glove second baseman is in center field. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> what? What the heck? What is this? After, what are you talking this about? Is, this is a day after Richie Palacio shows himself to be the next Willie Mays. <laughs> the next Willie Mays. Okay, maybe not. How many times have what we compared we people doing? to Willie Mays this season oh, in an wow. ironic way? That's not good. What are we doing? Gold <laughs> glove <What are we laughs> <doing? laughs> second baseman playing center field. Yeah, we got a second yeah. baseman it's, playing center field. It's not good. Right. And Drew Rom, that was... <laughs> Absolutely not a great debut last night, no. but it's not the worst. 
a la Mike Myers. You guys remember oh, that one? Oh, Sunday Night Baseball, Ooh, too. Wow. I vividly remember his face during that outing. Oh, and he was just sweating, how wasn't he? painful it was. Yeah. So, at least there's that. I do think with Drew Rom. So, we were going with it could always be worse? It could always be worse. Uh, is, the, is that not the motto for worse. the Cardinals? Someone that sees it well. Yeah, this is pretty low for the Cardinals right now. That's worse. <laughs> pretty bad. It's not great. Uh, Andrew Kisner, if that first inning is performed by a gold glove second baseman how different does it look i mean yeah i mean you never know how the game flows after after that uh if we get that out right there um you know that first inning always seems tough like in a debut um so maybe if we could have got out of that clean maybe you know you get a little momentum early because the second inning looked great um but you know what ifs yeah. you, know, you can play what ifs all the time you know overall i thought i thought his stuff plays good i mean he's super deceptive uh fastballs plays up kind of zips in there quick i mean you can see a lot of those guys i mean they're underneath a lot of pitches um and for those guys that hit the ball square they really have to get on top of um on top of that heater um so i mean overall i think he's i think he's got really good stuff and you know that first one you never really know how that first one's going to go but now he's got something to build on and 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 keep working and keep improving but overall i like this stuff a lot I don't know if I would say build on. I would say that you just toss that one in the trash and redo it. Yeah. Just just erase it from your memory because it wasn't great. I think criticism is really warranted because with the Major League debut, Brad Thompson and Chip were talking about this last night. There's always so much pressure. You're going to see the guys pressing. And what happened in the first inning, I think, affected him too. Some was his own doing, but also some of the defense behind him is not the usual defense you're seeing because we do have a lot of your guys injured right now. I think the criticism is warranted with him with this fastball with a low 90s fastball like that location is key and he really didn't have that no last he night. needs to have superb pinpoint location right he has to have great command and especially great command of when your fastball doesn't go 99 these days major league baseball if you're throwing it 85 86 87 you need to have pristine command like yes. john tudor did back in the day like marco gonzalez did when he was a young pitcher but that uh, rom did not have last night no, it, it was not. It was not there. My question to you guys right now, because I know a lot of people are upset and rightfully so, because I mean, you're hitting they hit their lowest mark, 16 games under 500 for the sixth time this season. Where do you guys feel about this? What is the expectation from this group? Because I know that you want to try to win games. There's still a season that you have to see play out. What is the expectation that you're hoping to see from this group and how they should be performing? I think the expectation you should have no expectations. Like you should not, <laughs> yep. you should not put yourself in a situation where you are living and dying with this Cardinals team yep. for the rest of the season. It, Fif- fifteen just, more wins, seventy and ninety-two is where what you're looking at. So fifteen and twenty-two, fifteen and twenty-one the rest of the way. I think that's probably what you're looking at. Because in addition to the trades that you made, and Brooke, you mentioned this on social media, you don't have Nolan Gorman right now. You don't have Dylan Carlson right now. You have Tyler O'Neill maybe half the time. Uh, you've got a rookie shortstop that you're playing now. Uh, you, you don't have your gold glove second baseman because he's in center field because Dylan Carlson is hurt. So you're playing people like Fermin and you're playing people like Palacios. And for whatever reason, well, I get it with uh, with both Arenado and Goldie. They, you know, it, it's different. We, the, the energy level is just not the same. People may not want to hear this. Oh, they're being paid five million or, you know, thirty five million dollars. When you don't have the energy of a pennant race, it changes everybody. I, 15 might be a lot. Yeah. That would mean they would <laughs> 15 win. 15 to 21. Yeah, but that would mean that they would essentially win every series from here on out. Okay, so no, 15 win, wins and 21 losses. 
I understand that, but that would cause them. They would have to win. They got three against the Phillies. They would have to win two. If I just look down this list, mm-hmm. if I, if they win one game in each of these series, one game in each of one one game in each, uh, that would give them fifteen. Okay, they would need to win at least two. Here in come the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. Here, here they come. Now here's another part. Uh, let me just point this out uh, because I kind of got used to the sixty cent drinks. I went into Mobile on the Run this morning, though. <laughs> but uh, last six games, zero runs, two runs, one run, two runs, and then you had the seven run outburst. Uh, against the Mets and then one run. So you've scored two or fewer in five of your last six games, and that is no way to win either when you've traded your pitching staff away. No. Well, you traded away essentially two of your best starting pitchers and Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, and also a piece of your bullpen and Chris Stratton that you were able to turn to at least feel a little bit confident with. And then you see kind of the load management that they're doing right now with some of the star players with Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. Does this not feel like spring training? It does. Right now. Yeah, it's six weeks. And that's a good thing, by the way. You have to use this time to evaluate. That's why I was glad they brought up Rom. Use this time to evaluate the people that have a chance to help you if you do have a chance to win in 2024. No guarantees that they have a chance to win in 2024, but find out whether or not people have that opportunity. This is this is depressing. This is a but, disaster. But, but at least they got rid of Hennessy's Cabrera because the way he was pitching and the way he's been pitching uh, <laughs> since he's been gone, Randy, has been... Makes you feel better, right? makes you right? feel so much better. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he was always a, a disappointment and yeah. he knew that that was going to happen. Yeah, when and he he's not too. performing at the level that... Uh, I think he kind of is. Yeah, he's pretty good. Is he good? Yeah, he's, uh, well... He's doing good. I think that uh, they, they, for whatever reason, the Blue Jays are able to find a role. Oh. Or when they find that the guy doesn't fit a role, they have a tendency to DFA him. Yeah. As they Imagine with, that. Yeah. Imagine that. When someone doesn't perform well, they, they just say, all right, well, you know. It's not working. Let's sorry, move on. Sorry. That's called admitting mistakes. Wow. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, it is. So that's. That's part of the deal. Uh, by the way, Jordan Montgomery pitched last night for the Rangers, and they okay. lost to the Arizona Diamondbacks by a score of But it wasn't four because three. of him. He it was not because the, of him. It was Tommy Pham. The bullpen. Uh, yeah, he goes eight innings. Uh, eight. That would be eight shutout oh. <laughs> innings for Jordan Montgomery. Uh, yeah, four hits, struck out six, and walked one, 92 pitches. And then it was, yeah, kind of a disaster uh, for the Rangers in extra innings. Uh, but the, and they wind up losing four to three. They allowed three in the bottom of the eleventh to uh, to lose the game. But yeah, it's it, it didn't have anything to do with Jordan Montgomery. So uh, good for him. And uh, you know the, the trade hopefully will work out for the Cardinals. But man, is he good, Jordan he Montgomery? Is. He is. So that's it's it's very painful. Of course, you want guys to go on to be successful. But then watching and seeing them be successful elsewhere and getting more of the opportunities. It, it just makes you wonder if what if with the Cardinals this season? What if why things just didn't work out? And you're in this situation. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. For me, I don't worry about what ifs. I worry about guys have to perform. You, I, I get it. They're they're young, you know, but they are major league baseball players. They are getting paid to do a job, and your job as a professional athlete is to do that job better than the next person that's trying to come take your job. Mm-hmm. I, I told mm-hmm. you all my coaches tell, tell, told us, we tolerate you till we can replace you. That's a real-life mindset of a professional athlete, and when you're not performing well enough, there's a real possibility that that job may not be yours for much longer. So yeah. these guys have to perform better. They have to be better. Um, obviously, there are guys that are going to be on this team regardless, but 
there are some guys that are are fighting for their careers, for their baseball uh, life here in St. Louis and their baseball life in general. And and if you want to have a career, you got to perform. Yeah, and that's that's the thing right now where this is very frustrating, and I understand the frustration. This whole season, you wish you could forget about it. I tweeted out the gif last night of you know Men in Black when they have that thing where they yeah. erase your memory. I wish that we could do that this season, but. We're still not done with it just yet. At this point, I do like to see these guys get these opportunities. When you have injuries, too, with Matthew Libertor, I kind of wondered if this was a little bit too soon for Drew Rom. Either way, to your point, CD, guys should be ready. When you get that call, you have to be ready for this opportunity. And he was good in his two starts in Memphis since being traded. It just was not there last night. One other headline last night, a big-time headline. Baltimore Ravens had won 24 consecutive preseason games. Last night, Joey Sly hits a field goal as time is winding down, and the Washington Commanders knocked off the Baltimore Ravens 29-28 in preseason mm. National Football League action. That's, uh, that's uh, going to end at some point. It right? was, but 24 is pretty cool. I mean, pretty cool, yeah. That is. No championships in that time, however. There are not. No, they, are, they, they, <laughs> they can call them. They can put up a banner for it. Yeah. They can do, go all Central Florida on us. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Two weekends ago, I was able to get plus 230 for them to continue the streak. Oh. They didn't, but the fact that I was able to get plus 230, I was willing to bet it. Fun. Hmm. And uh, the uh, the commanders looked like they, uh, they might have something in that Sam Howell. He's... Uh, he performed pretty well. Maybe, maybe not. It's a preseason game. But you, you hey, you, you heard it here first. They may have something in the former <laughs> North Carolina quarterback. Maybe. Uh, Brooke, <laughs> Carey, Randy, Hail Victory. Commanders on the warpath. Fight for old DC. Yeah, I don't know that that one is going to work. Brooke is wearing her uh, City SC cap today. You're, you're all STL this morning. I am. Proud I'm, of you. I'm so proud. Yeah. I'm so proud. St. Louis proud. Exactly. Good job. Good job. Uh, <laughs> next up. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Bradley Carnell, uh, speaking of St. Louis City, is going to join us at 815. He's the coach, uh, and his team is sensational. We're going to ask about the shootout. How, how many soccer shootouts? 6-3 that they had on Sunday night. That was awesome. you got to ask him how confident he is with Berkey taking one at some point because the goalies had to get involved in that one, too. Mm -hmm. We need a goalie fight. Uh, (laughs) Coming up here on 101 ESPN. So, C.D. Rahm is going to get another another start, but right now, who leads in the clubhouse for the number five spot in the Cardinal rotation for 2024? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. As we sit here today in, in middle of August and start to think about what we want our spring training to look like, to really set up what we want 2024 to look like, I just feel like we know we're going to need innings. Um, when you say, like, where does Olivia or Thompson fit in, they might be in the rotation. So that means maybe one of the starters we sign ends up having to go into the bullpen. So we'll see, but I'm certainly excited what we're seeing out of Libertor most recently. Um, Thompson's been throwing the ball well, but I don't want it to be like, oh, just because they finish strong means we're not going to still try to be aggressive. That's Pobomo with Frank Cusimano on Sports Plus on News Channel. Is it News Channel 5? Yeah. KSTK. Yeah. 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 Because there's a, the one that went four, they're on your side or something. Oh, uh, they've changed it. I think they've changed it to first alert. So it's first on four, something like that. Okay. Okay. But anyway, News Channel 5, (laughs) Coos Sports Plus the other night. There you go. So I always, I always appreciated the fact that uh, 
when I tuned into to Brooke Grimsley when she was on TV, I knew she was on my side. Oh, yeah. yes. Always. You always were. Yeah. Yeah. Always. So, that was so, my motto. Yeah. Thank you. Lived and breathed it <laughs> with everything that I did. Live it, learn it. <laughs> l- live it, love it, learn it. There you go. Yeah. Learn yes. it, love it, live it. That's it. Learn it, love it, live it. There we go. So uh, anyway, uh, that was Mo. And first of all, he's still in the mode of the M-O-D-E, of getting himself three starting pitchers, I think, for the offseason. But he did say that a starting pitcher that they sign could wind up in the bullpen. Well, here's the thing. If you sign a starting pitcher, he's going to be expensive, all right? If you sign an established starting pitcher, he's going to be expensive. And I've asked Mo before, why not sign an insurance sixth starter? And he said, because when you sign a sixth starter, they want to be assured that they are going to be a starting pitcher. So what I'm being told, if a starting pitcher can be reimagined into a reliever because he is surpassed by Libertor or Thompson or maybe Dakota Hudson or maybe C.D. Rom. But if a starting pitcher that is a free agent can be signed and then moved to the bullpen, then that is not going to be a high-profile, high-quality starting pitcher. No, because people that are signing to be starting pitchers, they want to be starting pitchers. Mm -hmm. They don't get signed to get moved to the bullpen, and that could create some friction, some some disgruntledness from that player. Uh, if you go into free agency and, and you talk to teams and each team says, hey, we, we're going to sign you to be a starting pitcher, that's your expectation. And to move them into the bullpen would be, uh, it wouldn't be the right thing for the Cardinals or for that player. I don't think it would go well. I, it's intriguing listening to that cut. I, that Initially, I thought we were signing three starters. <laughs> and now, potentially, maybe sign a starter and then move them into the bullpen or just sign a reliever. I, I, who, who knows? Because I said this going up, going in the entire time. It may be that we're going to sign three starters initially, and then you start to walk that back. Oh, our guys are performing okay. Maybe we need to only sign two starters. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? Two of those guys are performing well. Maybe we just need to sign one starter and retool our bullpen. And eventually you get to the point where, Man, we we don't even need to sign a starter. We're okay. We, we, we can stand pat and feel like we're going to be okay in 2024, and then you're not. I was glad to hear him say, though, we need innings because mm-hmm. you can't count on innings from the two or three young pitchers. Even Dakota Hudson, he throws a lot of balls. And for me, when you say we need innings, that means we need quality starts. We need what Jordan Montgomery has done every single outing Doesn't with the go Rangers. against everything we've heard, though? You don't want to mm-hmm. let them go around the yeah. lineup the third time. That So so essentially you're telling us you're going to move away from analytics a little bit? That's what they're saying. Because the yeah. analytics tell us that the third time around in the order, we got to get that guy out. Maybe, just maybe, they're professional athletes and they can handle facing a guy three times. That might be. I don't and know. they should. They they really should because how many times of the season have we been just frustrated with Jordan Montgomery? Jordan Montgomery wanted to stay in games and there was already some jokes coming in about the performance like I didn't know that he was do that I'm surprised his arm didn't fall off off the after the <laughs> fifth what, inning because that's what, what you thought that's exactly <laughs> what you thought with how they just manage Jordan Montgomery and other pitchers this season and it, it is very frustrating confusing because the whole interview everybody should go and see that it's it's interesting with John Mose like with what he's saying because he's not very committal on anything because the three starting pitchers has turned 
into maybe. And I was wondering that yesterday where if it's just going to be a continued competition that even if you bring somebody in, they'll still say, well, this is a competition. But then again, you're paying if you're bringing in a pitcher, you're paying them a lot of money or if they even come via trade, you're still there's still a lot involved in that. I'm just very surprised, I guess. I I don't know. I feel like you have to still go out and get three starting pitchers so you don't run into the same mistakes as the season, so you don't have so many question marks. I hope that he, the part at the very end there where he says that we should still stay aggressive, I hope that he actually means that. Here's my comp. Here's my standard. And this was something that John Mosaylock was at the ground floor of, and it was a long time ago. In fact, there's a lot of people that don't remember this, that are driving around right now, that don't remember the Cardinals not being very good before 2000. But after the 1999 season, and oh, by the way, during 97, primarily 98 and 99, the Cardinals made a lot of money on the back of Mark McGuire. Sold out all the time. And they decided, okay, well, this isn't good enough. So not only did they go out and get three starting pitchers, they went out and got Daryl Kyle in a trade. They went out and signed Andy Bennis, who wanted to come back and did, still lives here in town. And they signed Pat Henkin. They got a new center fielder in Jim Emmons. They got a new shortstop in uh, Edgar Renteria. They got a new second baseman in Fernando Vina. They got a new catcher in Mike Matheny. And then, obviously, you, you still had McGuire. Uh, and then you had Polanco at third, and you kind of bounced around at third base. Tatis uh, had been or, or was there, I guess, for for a year. But my point is, Mo was at the ground floor of a dramatic overhaul of the franchise. It started a fantastic run. I'm not going to call it a dynasty, but a run in which, over the course of 22 years, they made the playoffs about 15 times. He has done it before. Now the landscape has changed dramatically. But their focus before that season, and Walt told us before that offseason in 2000 was to go get three starting pitchers, and they did. He's done it before, new ways to do it, but he's got to do it. If you say you're going to do it, then just go do it. Show us you're capable. What year did you say that was? That was before the 2000 season. So before everything became analytically driven. Yes. That's the problem. That's the issue that they are running in. They, They are... Everyone wants to do, <laughs> wants to make money with, I mean, be, have a good yep. product with spending less money. Everywhere we look in society, everything is automated. Everyone wants to generate income without having to put out money to make it. And so that's where we are right now. And until they decide, and it sounds as though it's going in that direction. We need more pitchers that have swing and miss. We need more pitchers that can give us more innings. Those are things that are not analytically driven. And so hopefully they can get back to that aspect of the Cardinals baseball that we are accustomed to. Instead of this, yeah, we're going to spend money. Yeah, we're not really going to right. spend money. You're right. You're 100% right. I just yeah. I look at where Jordan Montgomery is, why Max Scherzer is happier than he's been in years, mm-hmm. and why the Texas Rangers are able to to pitch at such a high level because they hired a general manager and a manager that are not driven by numbers. They're driven by logic and their baseball experience and expertise. And that's such a crazy concept, but Mm -hmm. it seems like it it works, right? It seems like it's something that could work. And I understand from an analytical standpoint, it helps you figure out how much money maybe a player should get. But as we've seen this season, money doesn't guarantee anything 
anything yes. with any of these teams. And in this interview, too, with he talks about Ryan Helsley and how much they are going to really look on him and going into next season. And this interview was done before we got some of the news coming out with Ryan Helsley. He's going to un- undergo more tests. John didn't put that don't, out last don't, night. Don't worry about him. Because they've got Rodriguez coming back. Oh. Looking Rodriguez. Looking that, yeah. There you go. Yeah, so don't worry about Helsley. We're, we're good. waiting on him. Oh. So it's just, I wonder how much the Ryan Helsley injury could possibly play into <laughs> how they're going to approach this offseason. It has to, they have to go get a closer, right? If, if Helsley's they not available. One. Yeah, they did. And he'll <laughs> they be a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got Gio Gallegos down there. And you've got JoJo. Or is it Ho-Ho? I like, I like JoJo. Yo-Yo. I, I, I like JoJo. Yo-Yo. I do. Ho-Ho. I like him in the Yo-Ho. eighth. Mm-hmm. Don't give him. Don't don't give him. Here's a, here's an interesting thought, Randy. Mm-hmm. This is intriguing. It's just something that just came about here in the last, I guess, I don't know, fifteen days, twenty days. I don't know. Recently, players like to play. Yes, they do. Don't take them out. Yep. Let them play. Let yep. them. We we have a thing that that allowed us to get mm-hmm. to this. It's called mental fortitude. Yep. It allowed us to get past hey. most of the things that other people weren't allowed or able to. And so, if you just trust them at times, not every time. But trust them at times and let them play. They, CD, they usually do pretty well. Chris Carpenter was at the Cardinals Hall of Fame ceremony mm-hmm. on Sunday. And I was saying to myself, Cardinals, don't let him leave town. No. And let him have a voice in your organization because... If he has a voice in your organization, you are only going to get better. There's no way that your organization, as it's presently constituted, can be worse if Chris Carpenter is a member of it. He will only improve things. So, Cardinals, please, I beg of you, in addition to getting these three starting pitchers, get them a mentor (laughs) in Chris Carpenter. Bring him home. 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 Yes. There we go. What, 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 what? You okay, Rock? You not? I mean, it's a it's a fun idea, but I just I don't know if it's gonna happen. <laughs> Why? Because it's you a, know what was it's one a of good the idea. When it, here's here's <laughs> one of the great idea. things. That's, I mean, yeah. One, one of the one of the great things in the history of sports. And by the way, uh, we could help the Blues too. So Carp was an accomplished hockey player when he was a, a youngster. He would go practice with the Blues. When he was playing with the Cardinals, mm-hmm. they would let him practice, and he would be hacking guys in the ankles like Ponger used to do. <laughs> oh, man. It was epic. It was because you could carp, you could see it right, and you yeah. big like carp, six or like Pronger. I love yeah, it. Same thing. So just get him out there uh, playing with Pareko man. in practice. This, two for go. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so like yeah, it. you can coach both teams. There How fun go. would that be? That'd be awesome. He's a great guy. I love. I love Chris Carpenter, and he is. Uh, he he's CD. You would love him. I, I, I already do. Yeah, when uh, when Hitchcock or, or Tony would say, "This is a man's game tonight," that Chris Carpenter's ready Fired for a up. man's there game. There you go. Yeah, give me him. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Coming up, our buddy Stan McNeil from Cardinals Magazine on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Brooke Grimsley and Carrie Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and it's always great to go to the Celebrity Line and visit with our friend Sam McNeil of Cardinals Magazine as the Cardinals head down the stretch of this 2023 season, but still great things happening at Cardinals Magazine. Good morning, Stan. How are you doing? 
I'm great, Randy. I'm looking forward to tonight. We're going to get 199 tonight, right? Yes, tonight Adam today. Wainwright on the mound for number 199 in Pittsburgh, where he has had some fun, and he loves talking about a pinch double that he got there, and I think it was 2015. Came up in the ninth inning, got a pinch double, and it was one of the highlights of Adam Wainwright's career. Well, uh, let's hope he has a, a, a W tonight so we can talk about it on uh, Wednesdays with Wayno tomorrow. Absolutely. Stan, Mason Wynn getting the call up this past weekend. So much excitement. Everybody just ready to see him play. What did you make of him getting the call up and just seeing him get that opportunity finally? Finally is, is a good word. No, uh, he, you know, he seems ready for it. Uh, and we, I think we've seen what he can bring to the field, you know, just the speed, the, the arm, the, the bat's going to be there. Uh, it, it's, it's really exciting. Let's hope, uh, you know, he has a good run here till the end of the season. Stan, uh, we've talked about this starting rotation, and the Cardinals say there is a need to go get three pitchers. In your opinion, what is the likelihood that they actually spend money to get one of those top aces in free agency? Well, I think it's really good. <laughs> I think that uh, they're going to get uh, a top-of-the-rotation guy, and I think that that probably will come via free agency, you know. Uh, but, again, uh, it's just not that easy. And uh, we look at a guy like Aaron Nola, who is considered one of the top-of-the-rotation guys. But uh, you look at him, and is he really a guy you want to – be spending twenty five, twenty twenty five million dollars a year on. I mean, you know, he's the best available, so maybe. But is he really a top of the rotation guy? And Stan, along those lines, he has pitched in September. He has pitched in October. Another guy that has done that, actually two more guys, are both left-handers. You've got uh, Urias from the Dodgers, and you've got Blake Snell from the Padres. But the other point we have to make is that a team like Boston with the injuries that Chris Sale has endured, they're going to be after a starting pitcher, and they have a lot of money. The Dodgers are probably all in on Otani, but the Yankees have all the injury problems. There is going to be a pretty significant amount of competition, I would think, for the services of these top guys, too. Not that the Cardinals shouldn't be in those waters because they need to be, but it's not like the Cardinals are going to be the only team bidding on these guys. Exactly, you know, and even going back to this past off season, I mean, I think the Cardinals were in on some of the top guys. They just weren't in enough, if you know what I mean. They mm-hmm. just didn't go that final step. And when you look back at what has happened, some of those guys that uh, got the big bucks last year really have not uh, pitched that well this year. So there's also that possibility that they go out, they get the guy that the fans want, and then uh, he. Whoever that is, he struggles in his first year. So there's just, you know what it's like pitching. And even top of the rotation guys, it seems like there's just so few of them. It's, it's a difficult spot. What do you think about the Cardinals' bullpen and how they're going to have to approach that this offseason? Because the latest information coming out about Ryan Helsley last night is that he's still experiencing forearm tightness, so they're going to get some more tests done. Do you think that that's a possibility where they will have to go out and get somebody? And what do you think about the rest of the bullpen? Well, to me, bullpens are almost, uh, you want to rebuild them almost every season, no matter what happens. Because even if you have a really strong bullpen and everybody's pitching, the chances of that happening again the following season are not that great. So uh, to me, you take care of the rotation, you see, and then you look at your own guys, you see how that might fit with the, the pitchers that you bring in, and then you just kind of fill in with guys. But in terms of going out, especially this year with the, 
to me, the need being greater in the starting rotation. I'm not sure I go out and spend 10 or $15 million a year on, on a reliever. That was going to be my question. When you're looking at this bullpen, I think JoJo Romero has kind of carved out a very good spot for himself going into 2024 as maybe an eighth inning guy, maybe a, a closer in sometimes. What do you see from him going forward? JoJo, I like JoJo because he attacks. You know, he comes in there and he wants to throw strikes and he wants to get the outs. And I think you just love his mindset as much of his stuff. But, no, when you have a, a lefty throwing 95-plus like JoJo has been, uh, that's a guy you want to keep. Whether he ends up uh, in the ninth inning next year, I think that remains to be seen. But, again, he's, he's, he's having a chance to show what he can do. And, you know, for a guy like him, this is kind of a career, uh, the opportunity of a career for him. I mean, when you think about it, he came into this season just trying to make the, the Cardinals bullpen. Now you look at him going into next season, and you're looking at him like, oh, he's in the bullpen, but what role is he going to have? You know, he could be, uh, he will be a key guy. Stan, that's what I was talking about earlier. This season for some of these guys that JoJo Romero is, could be one of those make or break seasons. Do you feel like some of these guys may be feeling that as well and, and are pressing a little bit more than they need to? You know, I would think if they are, that's on, that's on them, right? This is the, this is what they've been waiting for. These guys right. have been waiting for an opportunity, and that their whole lives. So if they get there and they're pressing or whatever, you know, <laughs> hey, you're, you're getting your opportunity. It's it's your it's on you to make the most of it. Stan, a couple of more things. Number one, you guys have a great feature on Nolan Gorman in the latest issue of Cardinals Magazine. And you, you kind of hear that uh, the, there's some concern about his back and whether or not these will be lingering back issues. How, how long has he had them, CD? About, uh, about, about a week back. Okay. Oh, uh, my God. But, but, but Stan, no. uh, you, what, what are you hearing? Do you have any concerns about the back of the, the Phoenix area native? Well, you know, when you're 23 years old and you're dealing with a bad back already, that's concerning to me, absolutely. But uh, I remember talking to to Nolan about this when we when I was working on the story, and he certainly isn't concerned with it. He looks at it as just something that he's going to have to have to deal with. You know, I'm not sure what you know what uh, caused him to land on the injury list this time. But when we talked, it was more like, yeah, there's going to be situation. There's going to be times through the season where. The inflammation is kind of right there, so they'll sit it. They'll sit a couple of games, calm it down, and then they'll be okay. But I don't know if the inflammation got a little bit, you know, too advanced, and he had to take uh, take time on the injury list or what. But it it just seems like this is something that no one's going to be dealing with, you know, moving forward. What are you hearing about Dylan Carlson? We thought he was dealing with an oblique injury, which I guess he was, but now they're saying potentially seizing ankle ending, uh, season ending ankle surgery. What are, you, what are you hearing about him? You know, that's, uh, yeah, the, the, the same, and that's uh, very unfortunate because Dylan just has not been able to, to, to really get his season going this year. And, and this injury dates all the way back to when they were in Boston earlier this season. He made that catch up against the wall, and he's just tried to play through this since then. But uh, it, it's bothered him, and now he's, you know, he's also dealing with the oblique. So I'm not sure we'll see Dylan the rest of the season, honestly. And finally, Stan, we're about a month away from the anniversary of that magical night in L.A. when Albert Pujols hit two home runs, including number 700 for his career. And the Cardinal yearbook this year is an homage to the great Albert Pujols. Absolutely. You know, we're coming up on it, and uh, we actually are working on a story about Albert in his first year of retirement that will be in, that will be in our next issue, and uh, that's also been, been fun to do because this is a guy that, uh, you know, when uh, I interviewed him for the yearbook earlier this year, he was 
kind of looking forward to like, this is my time. You know, I've given the past 23 years to baseball. This is, this is my time, but you turn around and look at what he's done and it, he's still giving a lot to baseball this year. It seems like, you know, with the announcing and everything. So, uh, and cool to see know, him on Sunday at the Cardinal hall of fame induction. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and I, the thing with Albert these days is whenever you see him, he's smiling. It yep. seems like, you know, remember last September, it was like he was smiling the whole time. And uh, that smile is, is still going. Absolutely. Stan, always great to have you with us. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. That's Stan McNeil, Cardinal Magazine. You can get it at cardinals.com slash publications. The magazine is fantastic. And of course, the yearbook is great. And you will love it if you are a Cardinal fan or even if you aren't. You'll yeah. just love it. There you go. Good. Uh, coming up here on 101 ESPN. How about get, that? How about that? Uh, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. We've got Take It or Leave It coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? You can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in test 314-399-9646. And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. You only here on 101 ESPN. The text line is open for you. 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Okay, kids. Uh, Gilbert Arenas did an interview with Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors on the Twitter machine or on the X machine, whatever you want to call it. It's Warriors on NBCS, NBC Sports Bay Area. And Gilbert Arena asks Steph Curry, are you the best point guard ever? And Steph Curry answers, yes. Two-parter, take it or leave it. Uh, Part one, Steph Curry is indeed a point guard. Mm. Mm, I'm technically yes. Okay. But realistically, he's the greatest shooting guard. He's a two. Well, not the greatest (laughs) shooting guard. Let me slow the roll. The greatest shooter at guard. Uh, so but take, he is—he is technically a point guard. Okay, so with that being the case, technically a point guard. Take it or leave it. He's the best point guard ever. He's right. Uh, can I just say he's the best shooting point guard you ever? You can say that. Yeah. All right, because he's not as good as Magic Johnson. The Magic Magic was a uh, pretty dang on good. Yeah. <laughs> so he's and. and would I rather have Steph Curry on my team than John Stockton? I would. Yes. Would I rather have John Stockton or uh, Steph Curry on my team than Chris Paul? Yes. Would I rather have him than Isaiah Thomas? Yes. Yes. Would I rather have him than Bob Cousy? Yes. So uh, I I don't want to slight him, but Magic is the best there ever was. I agree. I mean, Steph's a point guard. <laughs> he, made the, he made the position switch when he got drafted. He's been a point guard his entire NBA Does career. He, has he ever led his team in assists? Yes. I'll, 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 very many times. Okay. He is a, he, I mean, yes. He's like career he is average t- is almost seven. I thought you were about to say he was he was tall, and I was going to He's tall. He's 6'3". <laughs> Pretty tall point guard. He's diminutive in your... No, no, your, he's a tall mm-hmm. point guard. Scott Skiles, 6'1". Where does he draw the line? Six one, is it 6'2"? 6'1 is, is diminutive. Your, what is 6'1"? 
Five eight is yeah, five seven is uh, diminutive. He does. I think so because any yeah. the average height is five nine for a male in the U.S. Yeah, but yeah. if you're talking about in sports specifically, yeah, he's, that's what Rock was going for yes. basketball. Okay, no one's no one understands. Um, so Washington, I was gonna call them Redskins. Washington Commanders mm-hmm. got mm-hmm. a win last night. Mm-hmm. Ending the 24-game streak of the Baltimore Ravens in preseason. Take it or leave it. That is the commander's biggest win of the year. Oh. <laughs> you don't think there's anywhere to go up from here? No. No. Gonna leave it. They're going to have a big win. I think they'll have at least one. At they'll, least one. So I'm going to have to leave it, CD. Uh, great coach. Great coaching staff. <laughs> Eric Bieniemy. Tell us how you really feel Jack about Del the Rio. commanders. They'll beat either Philadelphia or Dallas or the Giants. They're going to finish year. last in their division. Probably, yes. <laughs> Probably. Therefore, this is the biggest I'll, I'll win of the year. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. <laughs> take it or leave it, guys. So this is also a two-parter. So Orioles owner John Angelos said that the only way the team could afford to keep its young core in Baltimore would to be would be by raising prices massively. Take it or leave it. First part, you shouldn't say that publicly. Take it. Take it. Okay. And second part. Hey, at least we don't have to worry about the Orioles in the top-end pitching market this offseason. <laughs> oh, take, take it. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Top-end pitching. Maybe those are things that you resign. keep to yourself. Yeah, sometimes I don't people know. talk too much. Especially him. He yeah. he tends to say things that you're like, yeah, not the best. He also addressed the Kevin Brown situation, if you guys remember, with the mm-hmm. play-by-play announcer. They've gone back and forth with that whole situation where they say that it was not on purpose that he was out. And then now they're owning up to it and basically said, we're going to make sure it never happens again. We're going to get the bottom of who did that. Oh. Well, it was you, right? Yeah. It, was, it came from him. So strange. St. Louis has... 2,809,000 people in the metro area. Baltimore has 2,844,000. So essentially, our markets are identical. Economically, markets are identical makeup. Uh, take it or leave it, there's no reason for the Orioles to not want to pay players. There, I, I, I'll take it. Yeah, I'm going to take it, especially with their their farm system is incredible. Be, yeah. Could right. you imagine the organization? I'm sure that's so frustrating to hear where it's like, okay, wait a minute. So we're not going to keep around these guys that we were able to draft, develop. They've done a good job of that. There's at least some promise. And you're basically saying, well, you know, we're going to have to raise these prices. There's no way we can keep these young stars around. The Atlanta Braves showed you how to do it. Yep. No. Sign them early. Atlanta is... They're selling out every game. Orioles had a long sellout streak. Uh, when they were great, when, when their franchise was like the Cardinals has been for the last 23 years, uh, they had an unreal sellout streak. And so there's no excuse for the Orioles not to be able to be what the Cardinals are. They've got the same setup with their little ballpark village. They started it at Camden Yards mm-hmm. back in 1993. There's no excuse for the Orioles to not be the Cardinals. Well, attendance-wise, the Cardinals are in the top five, but Baltimore is like 22nd, I believe, yeah. in all of Major League Baseball, so that that's right. not great. And that's it's years of neglect. That's why. Yes. But yes. They can get them back. Uh, they had uh, 65 straight sellouts uh, back in uh, back in the day. I would say this year the Cardinals would like to be the Orioles. Yeah, I would say so, definitely. All right, Matthew, what do we got on the text line? Take it or leave it. The Blues will have more points next year than the Cardinals have wins. By the way, the Blues last year had 81 points. Yes, so it. the Cardinals uh really going to struggle to hit that number. Yeah, I'll oh, take it. Yeah, take it. So you've got us at, uh, what, I had 70 and 92. You've got I us. I have 65 and 97. Okay. 
This no. is uh, they're fifty five and seventy one yeah. right now. This I give is, them. Uh, I give them twelve wins. So they're they're fifty five right now. Give them sixty seven. Sixty seven. How many do you have? It's not. Uh, I don't know what to think with how many wins that they're going to get. Yeah, 15, 15 more, 15 and 22 the rest uh, of the way gets them to 70 and 92. I would say that maybe like right under 70 win total wise. Okay. I, I like 70. And Wayno gets three of them. Let's hope okay. so. Okay. Bold statement. I really wasn't going to read this one, but then Go I got it. almost the exact same one from a different texture. So That's what the fate. public is thinking, Matthew. Take it or leave it. <laughs> The Chargers finish ahead of the Chiefs in the AFC West. What? This is why I wasn't going to read it, but we got multiple times. What do you mean multiple times? Is it the same person? No, it's not. Two different textures is what I'm saying. I'm going to qualify. Okay, here's my thing. I don't know. Chris Jones is going to be there for the Chiefs. I would be inclined to take it. Because Joey Bosa is still not there for the Chargers either. We talk yeah. about Jones, but mm-hmm. Bosa is not there. And usually when guys hold out, they wind up getting hurt. Khalil Mack gets hurt every year now. The Chargers are never healthy. Keenan Allen's never healthy. Mike Williams screws up my fantasy team. So uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to say that the Chiefs maintain their dominance of the AFC West. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. Uh, smart. Uh, same here. <laughs> Take it or leave it. The Cardinals should consider batting Mason Wynn when he's comfortable where his future is. Lead off. Take it. Huh. They don't, they don't want him to get the number of at bats. Bingo. Like right. That's, that's the big that's thing like, right yeah, now. Yeah, so just like, take him out. Like, do the defensive wet. substitution like you do for everyone else. <laughs> the load management. That's like nine, ten at bats probably across the games. Defensive play. substitution, Taylor Motter. There you go. Oh, <laughs> Late in games. Yeah. That's what you want to we do. Have, we have really evaluated Wait. Taylor Motter this season. Have mm-hmm. Could you imagine if you would have just gone back to the beginning of the season, told someone that you'd be using Taylor Motter this much? Okay, I'll stop. Um, I'll, I'll stop. No, I'll, 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 I'll continue. I don't want to be rude. But can you name another defensive replacement where the defense gets worse? Not really. Okay. That would, that, I mean, no fault to Taylor Modern. That's more um, Mason wins. Ability. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, take it or leave it. it. Joe Keeney finishes top three in the golden boot. I'll take it. I'll take it. Nico. Um, right now he sits tied for sixth with 10. He is tied with five other people. Oh. And the leader right now is Hani Mukhtar, who has 13. And then there's three players, who, four gonna, players with 12. Who's going to win it? Messi. <laughs> well, the thing is, he I don't think he's, Rock I mean, if he scores a goal per game, he'll only get 12. Well, I bet he doesn't why win the would he score I bet he a goal, goal per game? I don't think, no, he doesn't has he scored game. a goal per game since he's been there? Yes. He's just about two and a half a game, isn't he? Yeah. No, he's about one, point, one. like 1.3. Okay. So is that there boot you go. made of solid gold? Uh, no, that's. But then again, I don't think the EPL, I don't think the EPLs is made out of solid gold either. That's oh, so. okay. One time I tried to buy some gold Nikes high tops. They were just they were slick as could be. <laughs> they, had, they were Marshalls for like twenty nine ninety five, and I thought, okay, I'll come back and get them. They were size thirteen. I thought, oh, I'll come back and get them, and then I came back and they were gone. Somebody oh, else liked yeah. them too. I didn't think there was any chance of anybody else liking them. <laughs> Damn, why didn't you get them while you were there? Um, I, I don't know. I, I had to think about it, and then well, I thought, I'm going for it. Let that be this. a lesson learned. Yeah, right? always buy it when it's there. Dandy, dandy Randy character. Let's go. Oh, Let's yeah. walk in with some gold shoes. Let's go. Yes. Okay. Um, it's, <laughs> I more. can't let anything pass me by a target. <laughs> this is a perfect one then. Take okay. it or leave it. Beyonce is severely overrated. I'm going to have what? to leave that. Take it. I'm going to leave. What? Take it to the bank. What's wrong no. with you? I'm Come at It's overrated? I'm taking Riri and Alicia Keys over her every single day oh, of the week. No. Every day of the week. 
Beyonce is a fantastic performer. Yeah, she's not overrated. Doesn't she have 32 Grammys? Like, she although, has like an insane amount. She's got more she? than anybody ever. A lot of people. <laughs> so critically and commercially, there's no way that you can call her overrated. Two. Right? <laughs> you, you just can't. There's there's no way. So unless you don't think that she's that talented. You're not calling her untalented by calling her overrated. You're saying simply that her... What the, the, well, you're the, saying that she shouldn't have the amount of Grammys that she the has. The pomp and circumstance around her is not warranted. But then she has 32 Grammys and she sells more than pretty much everybody. Okay. Except Riri. I, Grammys right? don't doesn't, don't matter to old rock there. Yeah, I guess not. I'm taking Riri and Alicia Awards Keys every don't time. Matter. That's, every why time. He, that's why he chooses LeBron over Jordan. All righty. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting to the root cause of this, aren't yes. we, CD? Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> Thank you, Randy. Uh, thanks for your text. We do appreciate them. Coming up, John Moselleck says the free agent class has depth but doesn't have an ace. Will that describe the Cardinals' offseason? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Well, there's definitely some depth. I don't know if it has the excitement of, of past years when you talk about like aces, but um, you know, I, I do feel like there's going to be some options for us. That is Pobomo, Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mozeliak, with Frank Cusimano on News Channel 5 on Sunday Night Sports Plus. And first of all, yes, there is no Verlander, there is no Scherzer in this year's free agency, but there are some pretty interesting names. By the way, I would argue that Shohei Otani is kind of an ace. Yeah, I think he's... But he yeah. didn't he's He didn't pretty. mean him. Well, we, listen, <laughs> yeah. we're talking about everyone after Shohei, clearly, because okay. that is going to cost too much. But, so. but Fair CD. enough. Don't you, don't you worry about that one. CD, Frizu, <laughs> Ballpark Village, I don't think The that's gonna Arch. Be enough. Did we even mention that? The I don't, Arch. I don't think arch. that'll be enough. Forest Park. Is he going to own The Arch? The most sure, we'll rename it. Beautiful and largest urban park in America will have you know. With a free zoo. Okay. You, got, you guys got to open with the free zoo. zoo. No, she Are you selling that to him? Yeah. You don't even have to sell it. We'll just give it to him. Yeah. Just put a big bow around it. Okay. It's, it's all yours. <laughs> so he okay. can do whatever, whatever we'll he wants bow. to. We bring right. him to yep. St. Louis and then put a bow on everything. The arch, all this. This is yours. This is, yours. This is your yes. present. He gets part of, the, he gets part of the, boy, the joint tax venture for the zoo. Just like, you know, break off a little bit from the city county, pays on that contract. Here are some uh, of the players that, are, that happen to pitch that you wouldn't have to give the zoo to to come to St. Louis. Aaron Nola. Just the farm. Julio yeah. Urias. See, I, and, and it's all relative here. The farm is right. But... For the Cardinals, these would be aces. Scherzer, Verlander, Otani, they're aces for every single team. For the Cardinals, Nola, Urias, Blake Snell are all, in my opinion, aces. Now, moving, and, and Sonny Gray, sadly, is not. But uh, then you, you move down the line, a guy like a Giolito has talent. I don't know that the Cardinals have the ability at this moment to maximize Lucas Giolito's talent, but... He's a guy. Uh, Lance Lynn is out there. I think Lance Lynn, if he is available to the Cardinals, that's somebody that would benefit them. But he's another guy that is more, at this stage of his career, a depth guy. 
Kyle Gibson is having a really good year and staying healthy for Baltimore. Lives here, went to Mizzou. I, I would think Kyle Gibson would hold some intrigue. I thought he should have held intrigue for the Cardinals last year. And then you have Michael Lorenzen, who threw the no-hitter for Philly last week. Uh, you have Mike Clevenger, who's been good in the past, has not been good in the last couple of years. Uh, you have Kyle Hendricks, so I think... Well, he doesn't have the the swing and miss that the Cardinals talk about, but I think over the years when he was put in the right situation, he was a a really solid Cardinal or a Cardinal-type pitcher. There are an array of free agent starters out there that I think the Cardinals would be a good fit for, but I I don't know that there are a lot of guys out there when you get to the bottom of the list that are better than what they already have. So I I still firmly believe, even though with the John Mose luck, it seems like you have to read between the lines with him. We we have that whole segment that we do, right, where you're trying to basically figure out what he's really what saying. What he said, what he meant. Yes, exactly, because it's almost like the Da Vinci Code. You're just trying to crack yeah. exactly what he's meaning, because he was very noncommittal in that interview with Frank Cusimano about a lot of different subjects, including the payroll. But as you mentioned there with the starting pitchers, I still think that you go and you get... Oh, oh, mm-hmm. there we go. You yeah. have to you have to read the signs of what he's saying. I do think you still you have gotta, to go out, yeah. read the signs <laughs> of what he's saying and go out and get a <laughs> starting pitcher in free agency. This ominous music in the background is is ooh, spooky. <laughs> scary. I, don't, I don't want it to be spooky and scary because I still, still do think you have to go out and get a starter in free agency. And my question is, if it came down between... Aaron Nola and Julio Urias, which one do you guys think? If you could pick, if you could be the GM, who would it be? It's a tough question for me. I I think because Nola has always, and and I know this is a stupid way to approach it because you're paying a guy for what he's going to do for you rather, rather than what he's done, but Nola has a track record of taking the ball as a starter for years and years, and Urias has only been a starter. This is his third year, and this year he hasn't been particularly healthy, which might limit his market value. But if you look at the the run that Aaron Nola has had since 2017, 27 starts, 33 starts, 34. In the COVID year, he had 12, 32, 32, and 26, so we'll get to 32. I need a guy that always takes the ball, and Aaron Nola does. You're really, I mean, are you looking at, what is Aaron Nola going to get? Thirty million, probably 20, close to that. Twenty-eight to thirty. Twenty-eight to thirty. Yep. And and Julio Urias is going to get somewhere from twenty-three to twenty-six. Yep. And he's younger. If 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 that's the case, if it's thirty million for Nola, twenty-six for Urias, and I'm the Cardinals, I would sooner have Julio Urias. Who, by the way, the, the year before, the years before this one, two years ago. Had 20 victories, 32 starts, uh, gave the Dodgers 185 innings. Last year, 175 innings, 31 starts. And this year, he'll probably get to 26 starts. He was out for a while. I think he had a bad back, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. about a week no. back. Okay. No! Uh, his earned run average is up this year. So maybe this year, this not great year for Urias, gives the Cardinals an edge. We'll yeah, see. We'll see. But anyway, that's... Uh, it's going to be an interesting group of free agents, and I hope the it Cardinals, is. when they say that uh, they're going to dive into it, I hope yeah. they, they dive deep into dive that pool. You have to right be aggressive. Luis Severino yep. for 
twelve million. Coming up, <laughs> St. Louis City SC rolling again after their victory on Sunday night against Austin, and we're going to talk to their head coach Bradley Carnell next on One Hundred and One ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on One Hundred and One ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's the only way City knows how to play. Oh, that's completely given away, and it's an equalizer. In a word, chaos. down City SC on the opening drive in our weekly segment we like to call Controlled Chaos. Brought to you by Keystone Event Staffing. Better people mean better events. to the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis with Brooke Grimsley wearing her St. Louis City SC cap and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and we go to the celebrity line right now. And Bradley Carnell, the head coach of St. Louis City SC, joins us. Uh, it's always good to talk to you, Coach. Good morning. How are you doing? Randy, how are you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Uh, we're, we're thrilled to have you. And let's start with this, a 6-3 victory over Austin the other night. I would think as a coach, you, you like the W, but it also gives you some coaching points for your, your squad this week. Yeah, I don't like, in, I don't like coaching a, a soccer game when it ends up like a tennis ball. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather prefer, you know, to, to end the game like the first 75 minutes where we kind of dominating Austin and, and we really had a good performance. And, you know, the scoreline is 4-1. Um, or even better, three zero, right? Uh, I think we just uh, allowed the opponent a little bit to come into the game, and the way they came back into the game with, you know, they bring on, you know, a DP, Rigoni, Zardes, like these guys are difference makers, and at that point we just kind of hit the wall. Um, and something I've never really experienced uh, was the was the amount of heat in the stadium. You know, that was just incredible on the night. But credit to the boys, they they suffered, man. They 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 had to go through a whole bunch of, you know, mental mental sort of challenges in that last 20 minutes and uh, credit to them and, and credit to the guys we also brought on because, you know, we scored a couple of goals late. Uh, we also conceded a couple of goals late, but uh, yeah, I, I thought that uh, we could have been a little bit more dominant, um, you know, towards the end there, but uh, we'll take it. We'll take it and move on with it. Well, with some things that you just touched on there, one, the heat coming into play, but also your group of guys, they had nearly four weeks off without playing an official match, but the energy was there at the beginning. What did you guys do during that time off to make sure that you could continue that ruthlessness that we've seen from this club right off the bat? Yeah, it's been, it was an interesting process, right? So we, first of all, had a mental shutdown. We just, we shut everything down. We didn't want to talk soccer. We didn't want to, you know, we said to the players, you know, get away for a couple of days and come back with some renewed energy and uh, then we got back to work and, and working on some things with the ball, some things with uh, without the ball. Um, we had a, we had an excellent scrimmage against uh, Atlanta. Excellent, not by means of only results. Uh, you know, I thought a 3-3 down in their, uh, in their uh, facility was, was okay, but, um, you know, just working on, on, on a couple of things, um, which was interesting for us to, to go through. So great uh, preparation. Um, you know, uh, Atlanta team who plays very similar to Austin, who uh, emphasize a lot of with the ball philosophies. And, you know, for us to go against them was great preparation. And then to come in and put it into action and, you know, not scoring a goal from the run of play for a couple of weeks now, 
We, we scored three against Atlanta, and, and now we scored five, you know, from the run of play against Austin. So, you know, I wouldn't say we're quite there yet, but, um, yeah, I think we, we're solving a few puzzles along the way and a couple of problems. And within that time, we're getting Nook Torres on. We're getting Klaus back, hopefully, slowly. You know, some guys are, are firing at all cylinders. Sam Adinaran, Joe Akini is now finding the net again. So, you know, I think we, we're putting pressure on ourselves again, you know, from within the group, which is, you know, fighting for places and, and very competitive third here in training. Coach, I play for a lot of good coaches, great coaches. Tony Dungy never yelled. He never raised his voice above regular talking, uh, just just the regular talking sound. Uh, Mike Tomlin was very motivational in how he spoke to the team. A lot of sayings that he had. John Gruden didn't sleep much and was always <laughs> on fire, ready to roll and, and just jumping around. What type of coach are you? Are you are you a yeller? Are you a, a, a motivational guy? What type of coach are you with your players? Yeah, I mean, I like to, behind the scenes, I like to push the buttons a little bit in terms of, you know, mental challenges. I like to, you know, you always want the players to, to find their purpose, to find their why, uh, you know, because if they just do it for uh, for the game itself or, you know, if there's no purpose, I don't believe you're striving to get towards anything. So I try and through different methods, and, and I'm by no means a specialist at this, but <laughs> I just try and, you know, what some of my mentors, uh, you know, used to do and, and, and what, what I feel now as a coach, what is important. And, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes I get creative. Sometimes it's just straight to the point. Um, sometimes it's, you know, post-game reflections can be brutal and honest, um, but by no means ever personal. Um, and, and I think that's something that my players know, that it's, you know, we're just trying to help the group along. And if there's topics to discuss and points to, to show the group, and unfortunately I have to mention a name and, and show an example, um, that the players know it comes from a good place. Um, that, that's for me first and foremost as we're dealing with people every single day. Um, on the field, on the sidelines, yeah, I'd like to stay calm and, and comfortable, but it's just not in my nature. Um, you know, as a very aggressive, <laughs> proactive player, so I try and be proactive on the field of play and, and put out fires if I can and, and just try and help out where I can. So I do I do get involved a little bit on the sidelines, but not to the point that, you know, it becomes excessive. Bradley Carnell, head coach of St. Louis City SC with us on 101 ESPN. And Bradley, it seems like when we watch games, and, and this is obviously from a layman's perspective, but Edward Leuven is just there all the time. He's always in the middle of the action. How valuable is he to you as a coach to have a guy that just always seems to be everywhere? I think it's it's even more valuable when he's game healthy and, and fit, right? And you could see in the Club America game after five, five and a half weeks that Edu was trying to do all the things he can do but wasn't ready to do them yet. Um, so I love his ownership. I love he takes responsibility and accountability. But, um, you know, a fit, strong Edu, Edu Leuven shows a performance like he did the other night. So he, he's a game changer, right? So... For me, we always challenge each other because I know he's excellent on the ball, and we always have a, um, you know, we always have a moment in the game, or or whether I show him post game or in trainings where I say, um, Edu, you know, so many great things with the ball, and and you wow everybody. But you know, for us to be really successful, I need him to do both ways. You know, I need him to to work against the ball and and he works and puts a ton of effort in to to try and work against something that doesn't come so natural for him like some of uh, some of the defensive uh, responsibilities right so um and then usually that that is a great relationship with him and Jabulo Blom or Indy Vasilev 
Um, so we, we get the best out of Edu in both ways. But, yeah, I mean, I think when you see, he's just like a gladiator on the field. You know, he's everywhere. He's got great size. He's very robust. He's technically excellent. His dead ball delivery is, is one of the best in the league. Um, so, yeah, listen, I mean, great job from, you know, us in the beginning of the year to be able to acquire him, to get him, and to make sure that we know what we're looking at and how it can fit within our system and within our way. Because, you know, uh, listen, he's a great person. And I've always said that. Ed is a, a better person than he is a soccer player, and he's a damn good soccer player. So, you know, we've, we've uh, definitely uh, seen that this year. But we see Edu off the field of play, and he's a gem of a human being. So, you know, we just try and nurture him along his, his pathway to greatness. He didn't have the best of uh, experiences in Germany. Um, and we've opened up the doors here to him. We've embraced him. He's embraced us. And, and it's a real good uh, situation. He finds himself here in St. Louis. Coach, speaking of difference makers, Giochini scoring his ninth and tenth goal of the season against Austin FC. What have you seen from his progression so far this season? Yeah, thanks, Brooke. Um, so, yeah, listen, Nico's puts himself under pressure. And I always forget he's only 23 years of age, you know. So he looks he looks a lot more seasoned than his actually age uh, requires him to be at this point in his career. So, you know, we put a lot of uh, emphasis on him. We put a lot of uh, sort of accountability on him. We, we push him a lot in training. Um, and then we, we have to sit back sometimes and, and let the artist, you know, do what he does best. And that's, you know, getting in the final third, trying to score goals. And so sometimes we have to loosen the leash a little bit with, with Nico. Um, and now we're seeing at, at moments how, how impactful he can be. So, listen, I think it's just great now. Everyone's coming together. Big Sam comes back on loan, starts scoring goals. Nico's always a goal threat. Klaus is now breathing down their throats, you know, to try and get some game time pretty soon, we hope. Um, so, yeah, listen, Thomas Ostrich comes on and scores a goal. I think a lot of guys know that collectively we can achieve great things here. Um, but that's where it has to start and it has to end with the collective. And, and we're seeing a lot of that now, just being a good teammate. Bradley, I was on the show uh, last week on the Fast Lane with um, Jamie Rivers, and we had Kyle Hebert on, and we were talking to him, and he mentioned that sometimes during training, you all will reach your metrics, the numbers that you need them to get to, and then that'll be it for training. But the guys want to keep going. They want to keep working. As a coach, how does that feel to know that you all have satisfied the numbers you need to meet, but your guys want to keep working and keep playing? Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think there's, it's two parts. I think part, you want to get your objective of the day. And, and second part, you want the players to be free and compete, right? We've always said competition is, 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 is the highest sort of metric we want to judge our training sessions on. Was it fun? Was it competitive? You know, and did we get out what we needed to get out? So, you know, I understand when, when these guys are, sometimes it's, it's a bit of disappointment and frustration that we, that we have to pull the plug on the, yeah. on the session because, you know, the way we play, the intensity, the, the amount of actions we have against the ball, with the ball, in a condensed space of time, you know, it, it's sort of, it's just the way we train. We have new guys in here like Anthony Markanik, and they say, Coach, this is on a, I wouldn't say that it's not on a, it's, not the levels are different, but it's just a different intensity, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, and, and that opened up his eyes. He says, yeah, it's just the training is very condensed, but very intense. Uh, so I'm very tired when I'm done with sessions. So, yeah, um, there's different ways to train. We can train for two hours at low intensity and, and, you know, achieve something there too. But we believe in a certain style. We believe in a certain philosophy. And, you know, when we get it right, you can see it come to fruition on game day. So, yeah, I think it's uh, you've got to give something to get something and, and sometimes vice versa. And But the players are understandable. We do a lot of IDP work, you know, individual work after training and, you know, getting guys 
a couple of top-ups if, if they need to and, and feel good around the goal. And, you know, so it's not that we just walk in. You know, we give them options to do something on certain days. <laughs> yeah, and, and let's see if you get them outside this week and they ask for a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep them extra long today. <laughs> hey, uh, Bradley Carnell, one, a couple more things. Number one, uh, you guys have played 1,170 minutes at home. You've trailed only 100 of those minutes. Why the home dominance for your side? I think you have to, you know, look at the St. Louis and I think you have to, you know, look at the fans who come and, you know, from day one stood and, and never sat down. You know, I, I think that's just built culture, tradition, pride um, and a sense of purpose for us. You know, while each individual player uh, has a purpose, I think collectively, you know, we want to we want to impress. We want to please. We want to do well just for the city of St. Louis and the fans. Um, and, and at the moment, like. Everyone is so appreciative of what we are doing, but I think it's actually the other way around. We're so appreciative of the support we're getting. You know, we go, we go. I go down, down, you know, to the local grocery store by me in the neighborhood, and and I get four or five people chatting to me just about what what sport has done for them and their children, and you know, in in the area, um, which gives me a sense of purpose, which gives me a sense of pride, and knowing that we're on the right track. Um, I just, you know thanking the St. Louis fan for adopting and enjoying the style of play that we play. Um, it's a very intense style, but, you know, sometimes it's like bumper cars and crashing and, you know, a lot of energy, a lot of excellence. But then I see, you know, moments where we've grown as a group is showing real quality on the ball, um, you know, real moments to hurt teams. And, uh, yeah, so I think a few people coming into the season were a bit like, yeah, I'm not sure this is going to work here in St. Louis, but I'm just grateful for the, I wouldn't even say patience, I would just say, you know, the time given that we could show our product and put it on display and be successful at it. And now, you know, everyone's embraced us and we've embraced everybody too. So I think it starts with the fans. And finally, you have a challenge in Orlando on Saturday night. What are the biggest challenges that Orlando City presents? It's two excellent teams coming up against each other with great form. You know, they, they're having a really good run in the league. They they had a decent run in the um, League Cup as well. So, you know, there are challenges for sure. They've they've gone to the market very, very well, and, and they've got a couple of difference makers there. They've got uh, sort of the crowd advantage, or I wouldn't say, I would say the stadium advantage uh, in Orlando because it's never an easy place there. I've played there multiple times. It's, it's a very difficult place to... Uh, to walk away with points. Um, but we have a good away record. You know, we're pretty dangerous on the road and, uh, you know, we don't really waver and change our style. We we just commit to who we are and stay and stay true to, to what we believe in. And, and, and that makes it uncomfortable for teams. So we're hoping to make them feel uncomfortable. It's not going to be an easy one, but uh, knowing that uh, we've got that game and then a midweek game against Dallas. So there's a lot going on here, but we know how important these games are. And you know, when you're in a good run of form, you just want to play games. And I think our group has got to that point where we just want to play games. Coach, we always enjoy having you with us. Thanks for taking the time this morning. Good luck against Orlando, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bradley. Bradley Carnell, he is the head coach of St. Louis City SC, and they are rolling back off of the League Cup and now with another win under their belt against Austin the other night. Brooke is here. Carrie is here. I'm Randy, and we've got... The fight. Ooh. We need a fighter. Do we do we need a fighter? We it's need a fighter. We need a fighter. Text in.
Oh, sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. Okay. Uh, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO! Text in your name and the word fight, and perhaps you can fight against me next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the Carrie Davis joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight, and we are efforting our fighter. I think it's Scott. He's <laughs> not is, answering. This is, a, Mark this is stressful right now. Drop. Uh oh. <laughs> third time is the charm. We're gonna give a call to our next fighter, and hopefully they are ready. So stand by your phone, listeners. You may be the one. You. Stand it's like the price is right. Phone. Come on down. <laughs> if only we could see them in like costumes. Whoever has the best costume that would be wins. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it happens. Anyways, Carrie, how are you doing? I am wonderful. Are you doing great? I, I'm great. Uh, the Rock is panicking. Why, why is his camera on? Why wasn't your camera on that entire time? Oh, that's convenient. That would have been, <laughs> that is must-see TV. Can you imagine TV. texting into a show, being like, I want to join your show, and then within a three-minute span, your People phone rings, and, do. and do you just have, go, do we I'm not going to answer. I'm People not going to answer. I'm not going to answer the call. This People is a microwave lives. society. People are driving. Do you have a fighter? We have a answer fighter. Answer the call. Trey. Trey, are Trey? you there? Oh, good gosh. This was stressful. Trey? Yeah. Hey, we got a fighter. <laughs> You're the third we caller today. We were glad that you were hanging by the phone, Trey, and listening to us. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing wonderful. Are you ready to take on Randy Carricker? Yes, I am. All right. Yeah. You better be because we called a lot of people to get to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. There's only one NFL franchise that had ha- that has had six different Hall of Fame coaches lead their team. Who is it? Is it the Cardinals, the Bears, or the Rams? Six Hall of Fame coaches to lead an NFL team. What were the options again? Is it the Cardinals, the Bears, or the Rams? I'm going to go with the Bears. Who was the last player to lead the Cardinals in home runs and back-to-back full seasons? Paul Goldschmidt, Jed Jerko, or Carlos Beltran? I'm going to go with Carlos Beltran. During the 1998 home run chess, chess. During the 1998 <laughs> home run, that would be great if we threw a chess, chess. question. <laughs> <laughs> Almost half of Mark McGuire's hits were long balls. 70 of the 152. Who led the Cardinals in hits that season with 178? Is it Delino DeShields, Brian Jordan, or Ray Lankford? I'll go with Ray Lankford. The Braves just had their fifth different player hit the 25th home run mark. The Cardinals last had four players pass that mark in 2008 with Pujols, Ryan Ludwig, and Troy Gloss. And who else? Is it Rick Ankiel, Rick Encarnacion, or Colby Rasmus? I'll do Colby Rasmus. All right, Kara, we're going to need to double-check the score there. I did not get the answer for number one. All right, thank you very much. That confirms it. All thank right, we'll, do- we'll double-check the score. We'll bring in Randy Carricker. Trey, how you feel? I'm doing uh, 
Right. You know what? I don't blame you. We, we, I mean, here in this studio, he's walking out. He won't hear us. We blame Rock. He took too long to call you, so your preparation, you were prepared. Oh, he's going to try to beat me up now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I get that was, nervous that was when people walk up behind me, Rock. I, I got, I know you don't know my history, my story. I got bad nerves when people walk behind me. Yeah, you can see uh, me. <laughs> rightfully so, I think, CD. Uh, Randy, say hello to Trey. He was the third caller today. We, we oh. had to... We had to effort a few people. Well, Trey, thank you very much for making the effort to check us out, and thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Great to have you with us today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Okay, so are, I have to ask you this. is Are you a third? Is there like your dad and grandfather? Is that what makes you a Trey? Uh, no. My dad's name is Ty, so... There's no really, uh, no really uh, sequence to Got the it. name. Okay. okay. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Just interesting to note. Intriguing. All right. You ready? Ready. There are only there is only one NFL franchise that has had six different Hall of Fame coaches lead their team. Who is it? Uh, six Hall of Fame coaches that have led their team. Well, let's see. It wouldn't be the Cowboys because they only have two. Um, Packers have. Curly Lambeau and uh, Vince Lombardi. Holmgren isn't in the Hall of Fame yet. So it's got to be old school. Probably not the Steelers because they were never good until 1970. Um, although they do have Bill Cower and Chuck Knoll, but I don't think they have any beyond that. Um, hmm. Uh, the Bears only have Ditka. Ditka went in as a player, not a coach. Um, Browns, Paul Brown, about it. Sam Ritigliano, I don't believe, has made the Hall of Fame as a coach. Marty Schottenheimer, shockingly, not in as a coach. Redskins, uh, no. Um, uh, hold on here. Let me just think. Get this what, this uh, mega mind. Okay, so how about, at work. Uh, how about our St. Louis Rams? We've got Coach Vermeil, um, Chuck Knox. I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame or not. Um, you know what? I, I, I got to do the lifeline. I can't. Nothing pops off the the no. sheet to me here. No, it's gonna Cardinals, Bears, Rams. <laughs> okay. Well, the Bears, uh, since George Hallis coached them forever, I mean, from the, literally their inception until the '60s, and then since then they've had Jack Party and Neil Armstrong and uh, Ditka, and then um, Lovey. Somebody else was in there, but they haven't had six Hall of Famers. So the Bears haven't. The Rams, and who is the third one? The Bears, the Cardinals, and the Rams. Well, the Cardinals, Corey Elnow. Um, uh, boy, the Cardinals, uh, they've only won one championship since 1947. Or no championship since 1947. I mean, Ken Wisenhunt, we love Hanny. He's in our personal Hall of Fame, but he's not going to the Hall Bob Holloway's not going to the Hall of Fame. Charlie Winner's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't know about them. So uh, Bears, so I'm thinking Rams. I got PTSD when you said Ken Wisenhunt from the Titans. I'll bet, the yeah. Titans Wiz, era. Wiz is my guy. Oh, um, he was great with the Cardinals. He, he was there with us, too. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. so there you go. <laughs> Who is the last player? Who is the last player to lead the Cardinals in home runs and back-to-back full seasons? Back-to-back full seasons. Um, it seems like Beltron might have done that. 
Um, holiday would have been after that. I'd, maybe holiday. Uh, let's see. Let's just go back here a little bit. Intriguing question. Um, <laughs> Good job, Rock. Intriguing. Yeah, Good I'm, job, I'm, Rock. I'm, I'm totally intrigued. Um, <laughs> I'm doing an entry. Make sure we're... Uh, yeah, I'll just, uh, in the essence of time, I will go with Carlos Beltran, with no guarantee that he did it in his years here. Uh, but Beltran, Holiday. So Beltran, 13, 14, Holiday, 15. I don't think Matt did after that. Maybe he did. Let's see. Beltran left after 13. So Matt was here 14, 15, 16, 17. Maybe, maybe not. Um, you know what else? I'll switch off to holiday. Holiday? Yeah. All righty. During the 1998 home run chase, almost half of Mark McGuire's hits were long balls, 70 of the 152. Who led the Cardinals in hits that season with 178? I'm going to... Fernando Vina had a really good year that year. Um, I don't think Ray had 178. I don't think Brian Jordan did. Um, let's see who else was on that team. Clayton, no. Um, uh, Jordan, let's see. Gant was a left fielder. I think I'm going to go uh, with the leadoff hitter. I'm going to go with Fernando Vina. The Braves just had their fifth different player hit the 25 home run mark. The Cardinals last had four players pass that mark in 2008 with Albert Pujols, Ryan Ludwig, and Troy Gloss. And who else? 2008 Cardinals. 25 home runs? Yes. That's what the paper says. (laughs) Uh, I'm just... Gloss. Pujols. uh, Ludwig. Who is the fourth, 2008? Glass, um, uh, Pujols, Ludwig. Glass had four. And then, and so then there's a fourth. Three. And there's, yeah. those are three of the four. So you're naming the fourth. 2008. Um, okay, Jimmy Baseball was gone by then. Um, Brad Thompson was on that team but did not hit a bunch of home runs. Ludwig was in right. Chris Duncan played a lot on that team, but he actually got sent down. Um, so I, I don't know if Duncan, I don't think he hit 25 in a season because uh, he got hurt. Um, so let's, uh, who was the center fielder for that team? Wait, it, been, it had to be the left fielder. Uh, I will go with, and I don't know if this is right, but I'm just, I messed up here. I'll go with Juan Encarnacion. All right, we have a winner in today's fight on a Tuesday. Does Randy Carricker come in after dashing Hall of Fame hopes yesterday? Does he do it again to Trey? Or does the latecomer Trey, who answered the phone completely blindly, walk in and take down Randy Carricker? Ring that bell. The winner and new champion of the fight, Average Joe Listener. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Congratulations, Trey. Thank you for picking up the phone. And you took down Randy Character today. It was a tough fight. You won this fight 1-0. 
Awesome. Good job, Trey. Wow. Good job. Good job. Tr- Trey, and you will join the show tomorrow. Let's go through these questions. There's only one NFL franchise that has had six different Hall of Fame coaches lead their team. The crazy thing is this only one of them has a winning record with that team, and it is, in fact, the Chicago, St. Louis, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Guy Chamberlain, Jimmy Conzelman, Curly Lambeau, Ernie Nevers, Walt Kiesling, and Don Coryell, six different Hall of Famers across the Cardinals franchise. The last player to lead the Cardinals in home runs in back-to-back full seasons was, in fact, Carlos Beltran in 12-13. and 13. During the 98 home run chase, almost half of McGuire's hits were long balls, 70 of 152. It was Brian Jordan who led the Cardinals that season with 170 hits and the Braves had just just had their fifth different player hit the 25 home run mark the last time the Cardinals did that was in 2008 with Pujols Ryan Ludwig Troy Gloss and Rick Ankiel who got in there when he hit the 25 home run mark so congratulations Trey you win the fight today and you will join us tomorrow awesome thank you guys we'll see you tomorrow great job Trey, job, Trey. terrific outstanding uh Coming up next on 101 ESPN, is City Park already a top home field advantage for City SC? That's coming up next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Birdwatch here on 101 ESPN in the opening drive, and Brooke is first. My bird splat is something that John Denton of MLB.com tweeted out last night where this is just a very interesting look at things, and I think it really emphasizes the importance of starting pitching and especially quality starting pitching. So he tweeted out last night, when the Cardinals score first, they are 41 and 22. When the opponent scores first, they are 13 and 48. When they score first, they are the equivalent of a 106-win team. When they don't, a 35-win team. Mm. That's uh, terrible. Setting the table matters, (laughs) and starting pitching does that for you. Having so many question marks going into the season. Of course, what we're seeing right now does really feel like spring training because you're evaluating guys, and you traded away literally two of your important starters. So this is a lot of trial and error right now, especially with Drew Rom last night, but just shows you overall this season, we've seen that over and over again, especially early on with the starting rotation, how they struggled right out the gate and how much that affected the rest of the game. It's kind of hard to score first when you and your starting pitcher gives up runs in the first inning. Yeah, that's kind of hard to come back from that constantly. Not great. Not great. Um, Yeah, I... It all starts with pitching. We we talked about that going into the season. That's kind of been the Achilles heel of the entire season is starting pitching, relief pitchers, whether it's starting pitchers not getting out to a great start or when they do, the relievers blowing a save, not being able to, to hold on to a lead. That has been the story of the St. Louis Cardinals this year, and it's been hard to watch. been very frustrating to watch. Yeah, the they Cardinals have not fans. been good. No. no. Which leads me to my birds, but <laughs> the, the, the starting pitching or – the relief pitchers or, or three starters and a reliever, two starters and a reliever. I don't know what we're doing in the offseason, but I do know that there are some names that are available. And you talked about Aaron Nola. We talked about it a few segments ago. Julio Urias, uh, Blake Snell, you, maybe it's Luis Severino. You have a few guys that are available in the offseason for this Cardinals team to really go after and try to bring into the fold here in the St. in St. Louis. 
my question is, is, is and has been, are they willing to spend? And what number are they willing to go to? I think the thing that you have to think about, we talked last year, one of the big stories that when, it, when you and I were here last year was talking about the number, of, of the number going up for their payroll. Mm-hmm. It went up. But not in the manner in which I think a lot of Cardinal fans expected it to. So you got some guys coming off the books. You'll have Flaherty's contract. You'll have Wainwright. You'll have Montgomery. You'll have Paul DeYoung. You will have all of those guys no longer under contract going into 2024. How much are the Cardinals willing to spend? And you got a lot of young guys who you're not mm-hmm. paying a lot of money to. Your 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 main uh, guys that you're spending money on are your catcher, your first baseman, and your third baseman. Everyone else is pretty much, I think, controllable in terms of manageable, I should say, in terms of the contract. So now is the time. You got a lot of young players. You got rookies, first, second year guys, third year guys still under contract, still getting paid. You know, not a lot of money. Now is the time to go and spend on that pitcher because you got a good core of young players if you can get the starting pitcher that is required, pitchers that are required, you could have a really good season in 2024. That's the key, is you have to have representative starting pitching. Are you willing to, though? Because this money ball mindset, I can get anybody to do it and pay them less, that's not true. It's not working. It hasn't. No. It, it, nope. it, it, it doesn't work at all. No. I won't say it all, but eh. the team that started it didn't win a championship, so eh. Yeah. And they had really good pitchers, which, again, is something that was left out right. of the movie. And the other, right. And the other thing is, is <laughs> the, those three Moneyball guys were all developed. When you look at Atlanta, Charlie Morton is an import, but everybody else in Atlanta was developed by them. At some point, the Cardinals are going to have to get some young pitching that actually works out for them. Actually yeah. works out. Yes, yeah. that, it's, it's that is prospects, the key, but. especially consistently. Because right. we've seen flashes of that with Matthew Libertor, but actually see him consistently having a performance like that. Zach Thompson, will he be able to continue to grow in that role? And we heard Mosaic say earlier, are they going to have to reimagine some roles where you're going to see some of those guys in the bullpen? All, there's a lot of questions for this offseason. Speaking of reimagining <laughs> roles, Uh-oh. we saw a glimpse of the future last night with Andrew Kisner behind the plate and Wilson Contreras as your DH. That's where the Cardinals have to be headed. Next year, you're going to have Herrera up here, and Herrera and Kisner are going to be your catchers, and Contreras almost has to be your designated hitter because you can trade Gorman and you can't trade Contreras because of the contract. The Cardinals are stuck. They're between a rock and a hard place, and Last night, Contreras goes one for three. Kisner goes one for three. Kisner, a better hitter, I think, than the Cardinals imagined he would be. Herrera's still closing in on that 1,000 OPS in the minors. You have to have those three players on your roster next year. And sadly, the odd man out, because of their misread of the Contreras situation, the odd man out is going to have to be Nolan Gorman. See, I think I personally think that the odd man out is going to be Kisner. I think he's going to – I don't. I think you move – I think this is one of the best things that can happen for him and for the Cardinals is how well he's performing. But when you look at his track record, you couldn't, you wouldn't, I think you would be a fool to believe that this is what he's going to be for 130, 140 games in a season. That's just my personal opinion because his track record hasn't shown that. This is a really, really, really good season. His best season that he's had Mm -hmm. in his career up until this point. I wouldn't trust that that's what he is going forward. And so if I'm the Cardinals, because if you do keep three catchers, as you said, Nolan Gorman is out of here. You you got exactly. you have no yep. need for him and, because and with Kisner, can you get a front of the rotation starting pitcher with, for Andrew Kisner? 
Probably not. No, you no. cannot. But you can for Nolan Gorman. That's what I mean. So, but but having three catchers on the roster. No, you're going to have one DH and two catchers. Randy, he's he's got paid eighty seven point five million dollars to DH, sit behind man. the plate and catch nine innings. He's going to be your DH. Well, if that's the move going forward. The Cardinals are going to get ripped to shreds for yeah, they it. They should. It, it was a massive mistake that they made. And that's nothing on Wilson. That's, no, it's that's not. The, that's the point here is that's nothing on Wilson Contreras because he didn't force them into anything. This was something that they came to terms with. And Mosellock said from even the All-Star break last season that their focus was getting a catcher this offseason, and he did just that. Was it the right fit for this organization? Time will tell. But right now, the way that you're utilizing him is not as a primary catcher, so it doesn't look like it. It looks like a another free agency mistake you can only go up from here right you got to find a way to not continue to make these mistakes go out and get those starting pitchers that you will need for this organization moving forward the Wilson Contreras situation it's just such a ripple effect on how much this affects the other players the other positions who might need to get some more time at DH at that position it's just this is crazy it's crazy it's 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 nuts yeah but it is what it is. Coming up next, our Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. It's 9.05 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley and a Super Bowl champion, Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Kerry Davis got used in a uh, an immaculate grid yesterday. Yeah, I, oh. used, I used myself as well. Uh, well done. Was, uh, <laughs> Steelers and Colts. Colts. Yeah. 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 Proud of me. I'm proud of you too. Proud of me. Thank you. Thanks for proud providing me. Yeah. And you know what? You, you, I'll tell you something horrible. It was like the last one. Man, who played for the Steelers? A coach man who played for the Steelers. I'm going through quarterbacks and DBs. And, oh yeah. <laughs> proud of me. Yeah. Uh, so the Cardinals uh, they they lost last night to the not world champion Pirates. Eleven. They were to so hot to start the season. What happened? Uh, they became the Pirates again. Pirates. The real Cruz got hurt. <laughs> the real Pirates came the out. Very beginning. Now, here's one alarming aspect to this that we need to look at because it's really, well, it's alarming. The Cardinals now trail the Pirates by a game and a half in the Central Division. They're going to finish dead last in their division. Thank goodness the Colorado Rockies exist. <laughs> There's always yeah. that. Yeah, there is. Uh, the Rockies are 48 and 76. So if you look at the National League standings, at the moment, the Cardinals, well, they're... We we said it before. They're, they're kind of scuffling. Uh, the Cardinals have the second worst record in the league at uh, 55 and 71. The Rockies are eight games behind or six games behind them. So at least the Cardinals won't finish with the worst record in the league. I, I guess uh, we're looking uh, for hopefully. sunshine and lollipops. That's yeah. Brandy. Don't play that damn song. No, no don't sunshine and lollipops that, right now. What I feel no. Are we excited about not finishing last yes. in the league? Yes. Yes. Division? I mean, yeah. in the Come on. Randy was in the YouTube chat. He was in the YouTube chat earlier explaining to one of the uh, listeners who was co- commenting very <laughs> angrily that this is sunshine and lollipops, Carrie. No, because I've asked this question multiple times this year. Have we watched the lowest point of the season? And I ask again, after last night's game, is this the lowest point of the season? Uh, this, we saw the low point. On, no, we man. saw the low, low point of the season a long time ago. This, this is this is a horrible team. Not horrible. This is a really bad team right now. 
Okay, you had Fermin playing second base. You've got you don't have your guys. You, no, you had a guy you've never seen before as your starting pitcher. That can't be your low point of the season. Well, you got your closer <laughs> hammered by a yeah. backup catcher in San Francisco for a walk off home run. And that and that's the thing. What is the expectation that you guys have for this group moving forward? Because the expectation should not be high whatsoever, especially when you get rid of two of your starting pitchers, Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty. The expectation should not be great. It is just frustrating when you see things like that happen <sighs> last night. Drew Rom, that was bad. It, it was bad, and it's tough because it was day, it was his Major League Baseball debut. You're kind of looking for just maybe these younger guys provide a spark, but then also defensively the guys behind him, That's it's not yeah. the usual defense you're used to yeah. behind him, but he just kind of looked like he was – pressing out there and then the fastball we talked about that earlier I think that's where criticism is really warranted for him I mean when with a low 90s fastball like that location is key and he mm-hmm. just did not have that by the way can we call Casey Lawrence Lammy oh uh. because he's he is totally the sacrificial lamb isn't he now <laughs> you just throw him out there four and a third he throws 92 pitches the starter that's through his 90. role yeah and, and that, that that's what he does he allows uh, three runs on eight hits struck out five and, and walked two so did, good for him did you hear uh tony Larusa talking about bt no oh no. my goodness he, well it made me think about this because you you spoke about it. they he said they called him seven up because you brought him in when you were up seven or seven <laughs> up down. Seven. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's kind of where we are with Casey. Is yeah, that, is Casey that, is, is just an yeah. innings eater at this point. Yeah. They're just trying to find a warm body or some sort of arm that can just get him through some innings. Yep. Now, what did Andrew Kisner, the Cardinal catcher last night, tell C.D. Rahm about his MLB debut? No, before the game, I told him, I just, I said, look, I want you to pitch your game, man. You, I mean, you, you're a big leaguer. You got here. By, by doing something right, obviously. Um, so I just was like, hey, I want you to just pitch your game. I'm going to try to get on the same page as you. And, and I said, let's go to work. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I didn't want to build it up and, and make it more than it is. I mean, it's still, you know, just a baseball game. It's still got to throw it 60 feet, 6 inches. So, um, you know, it's a matter of just going out there, throwing strikes and pitching his game. And unfortunately, it didn't work out very well. <laughs> but Kisner had a home run, and Kisner is hitting almost 270, 267. He's got a career high. He's got double-digit home runs now, and he's got to feel pretty good about what he's done this year. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's a good season. You know, I, this is how I've always been able to hit. You know, it's just, you know, like, you know, it's just a matter of kind of adjusting and, and getting getting in some rhythm and, and just uh, staying mentally positive and, and just trying to, play my game really that's what it comes down to and you know I'm certainly seeing the ball pretty well right now I've put some good swings on some pitches but uh, tomorrow's a new day and I'm looking to go out and you know do whatever I can to, to have good at bats all right Andrew Kisner yeah. round, of applause, round of applause for Andrew Kisner mm-hmm. starting yeah. catcher next year uh, one of them oh sorry Kerry. one of them <sighs> I, I just don't know what to think man uh, it, it's becoming more and more frustrating the more I watch it uh, the thing, the thought that came to mind when when you talked about the lineup that was mm-hmm. out there for who for what? Well, they cashed in. They <laughs> so, I, and I say that because I had a I had a friend who played for a team that was known for being bad. They had a, a really famous running back on their team. Uh, he ran a pass a route that the quarterback threw it to him, which would have caused him to get knocked out by the linebacker. He actually not patted the ball down and yelled to the sideline for who for what. Like, what the hell are we doing? We're, we're, we stink. 
why are we why are you throwing this pass to me right here? So I for who? For what? <laughs> Looked at the sideline and told them that. And the quarterback. For who for what? This this is uh this is tough, man. It is. Like, especially what Rook was saying when we were coming in. She's like, I, Cardinal fans are really, really, because we're not accustomed to this. This is this is unfamiliar well, territory. This is uncharted waters for, for most of us. There's another team that's in uncharted waters, and that's the Yankees, who are going to miss the playoffs and probably clear out the front office. And Jeff Passon was asked how the Yankees can fix what has happened to them over the course of this season because they haven't had a losing season since 1992. And so now they're in the same boat as the Cardinals. They they don't lose with the Yankees, and they're losing this year. If you just look at those top four guys, it's like $120 million or so dollars every year through 2027 for Judge Cole, Stanton, and Radon. And, and you just got to hope that you get the 2021 and 22 Carlos Rodon and not 23. I think part of it's going to be integrating the younger players like Everson Pereira is coming up tomorrow. Uh, Oswald Peraza is going to be back up. Austin Wells is a guy who's probably going to be the catcher sooner than later. You got to assume that Anthony Volpe is going to take a step forward. Um, so I think the lineup has a chance to be better. And listen, a lot of it better come internally because the free agent class, this offseason, guys, in terms of hitting, it's not good. And and the free agent class in terms of pitching, are the Yankees really going to go out and you know bring in another $30 million a year pitcher? Probably not. So I don't know how active they're going to be this winter. Ouch. The Yankee fans are going to be as mad as Cardinal fans. Oh, yeah, 100%. I know that sometimes trends come back. That's not a good trend when you have something that happens in the 90s come back where yeah. it's been this long that the Yankees have had this. It, the stories coming out about the Yankees are very, very interesting. And there's some similarities about former players kind of speaking out against things that they've seen, especially some of the analytic-driven decisions on how they run their minor league system. Some of the stories coming out about the minor league system are very intriguing where it, you get a little too complicated complicated you bring in some people they had like guys throwing with medicine balls but it was like certain drills and it's sometimes you just have to simplify the game it's a kid's game let it be that way and get it back to that point they couldn't wait to get rid of joe torrey they couldn't wait to get rid of joe girardi and this is what they have good for them <laughs> I, i'm miserable yeah. misery loves company right <laughs> there we go yeah. that is today's rush hour reset coming up mike claiborne joins us on 101 espn you're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. You can hear Mike Claiborne's great work on Cardinal Broadcasts on the Cardinals Radio Network and on KMOX. You can also hear... And see Mike Claiborne's great work at ClavesOnline.com. And you can hear Michael with us every Tuesday morning here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN, one of our best friends in life and uh, certainly one of our favorites on the radio and on the Internet. Claves, how are you doing this morning? I am uh, doing well. You know, I'm just trying to deal with the heat, but, you know, it's August, so and there's no reason for me to look for a sweater today. But you know, all, else, all else is good. Claves, I'll tell you what, Sunday was one of the hottest days of my life. And I know that I'm older now, and so the heat affects me in a different way. But it's also hotter now than it was when I was a kid. And I used to not find heat unbearable. I found Sunday unbearable. 
You know, I, I agree with you. I, I know when I was a kid, I don't ever remember it being this hot, or maybe I was just too busy, you know, having fun. <laughs> but, you know, I, I like the heat. You know, give me – I'd rather sweat than have on five sweaters and not feel my toes. <laughs> oh, no question. No doubt about it. So, so uh, I, I'm a little different on that front. I, you know, as long as I have uh, – a pool or water or an air conditioner, I, you know, I, I create balance when it comes to this time of the year. I remember one time Bob Sykes told me that he would, uh, and this was on the turf, he would look back at the scoreboard and he'd see three of everything, like three three B, three S's, and, uh, you know, three outs. And he said, I just picked out the middle one. And same thing when you're looking at the catcher, right? You see, you see th- th- three, so, so you just got to pick out the middle one. Yeah, and, and you know, here's the thing, like, people like scoff at athletes getting paid, you know, exorbitant amounts of money. But it's days like now is why they get paid that kind of money and I don't, okay? Because, <laughs> I mean, everybody wouldn't go out and do it. I guess if I was making 10, 12, 20 million bucks, I could probably find a way. <laughs> but but this, is, this is what the elements, you know, this is the elements that challenge people to, to be able to still go out and turn in a professional performance. Uh, Drew Rom with not, I, I don't know how to put this lightly, I guess kind of lightly, with not exactly the ideal Major League debut for him last night. What did you think of his performance, and where do you think they go from here with him? Well, you know, first of all, you think about the first inning. You know, I mean, he didn't get much help in the first inning, you know, with the, the unearned runs. Uh, you know, he's, he, he's a guy who's trying to figure it out. I mean, he's, what, 23 uh, you know, he's one of those guys that kind of got called up in an emergency basis. And, you know, that that's what happens. Uh, you know, he, he got it handed to him. But, you know, I didn't think he was that bad. I just think he was probably maybe a little nervous, kept the ball in the middle of the play a little too much. I mean, he's not going to overpower. You could tell by that. But, uh, you know, the, the problem is, Brooke, they don't have anybody else. I mean, they're, they're razor thin with regard to major league ready pitching. And I'm not saying Drew Rahm is major league ready. I mean, he had a major league uniform on last night, but, you know, I'm sure he would like to be better than what the performance showed. But, you know, it's not like they have somebody else, you know, chomping at the bit, waiting in the wings to come up and be a Cardinal. Uh, Claves, we were talking about this earlier, kind of kicking this around. Do you think there's a chance that the Cardinals have three catchers on the roster next year, one of those catchers, Wilson Contreras, being your pretty much everyday DH? Boy, you know what, Kerry, I, I would like that scenario. Um, I think if you ask around, you know, here's the deal. If Andrew Kisner had played as well this year as he did last year, Wilson Contreras might not be here. Yeah, right? Last year, this, this year, right, mm-hmm. no doubt. I mean, you know, if, if Kisner showed, if he would have shown anything of what we're seeing now last year, we don't have a whole different dynamic. And the fact that Herrera has shown more this year than he did last year, I'm a firm believer that Wilson Contreras would be playing elsewhere uh, because I think they would have gotten just enough out of their catching position, whereas it wasn't going to be an automatic out. Uh, both of those guys seem like they're handling pitchers much better than what they did last year. And, uh, you know, but to answer to your question, I think the question has got to be posed. And I know Wilson Contreras, you know, uh, uh, there was some discussion earlier about him going to the outfield and DHing. I think they have to go back and revisit that uh, because you want to make sure your resources are, you know, really invested in pitching, pitching, and more pitching. And when you look at – we talk about starting pitching. Listen, I think that bullpen 
I think you might want to tear that thing down and start with a couple of guys and then build on top of that. I, I think the bullpen is, is in dire need of repair as well as your starting pitching. Do you think what you're seeing from Kisner is sustainable? These are the best numbers he's had in his career. I mean, 10 home runs, 25, 28 RBIs, 809 OPS. Do you think that that, that is sustainable going into next year and, and going forward? Well, you know, I think he would probably be the incumbent, Kerry, but, you know, I think there's enough catching to go around between he and Herrera. You know, the, I don't need Kisner to play 140 games. You know, maybe he plays 110 and Herrera gets some more starts. Uh, and then maybe you find guys who catch certain pitchers better than others. Uh, I think there's a lot of different scenarios where there is enough innings to go around between those two guys. Now, you throw Contreras in the mix, maybe he gets behind the plate, you know, every now and then. But, you know, I think that that's something they got to take a long, hard look at and have some very frank discussion uh, with, with Contreras as well in the, going into the offseason. And, you know, if he doesn't like it, He's going to say, well, I want to be traded. Okay, well, let's see what we can get. Hmm. Claims, how do you think Arenado and Goldie are handling this uh, retooling, I guess is the word the Cardinals are using down the stretch here in 2023? I, I think they're handling it like real professionals because I, I felt, or I think they felt, that after talking to Mo in the offseason and kind of laying out the game plan, it, it sounded like a reasonable game plan, okay? Uh, we're going to bring in some catching help. We thought, well, they thought Contreras was going to be good. Uh, you know, you felt like some of the pitchers had turned the corner. They didn't. And, uh, you know, you, you got sloppy in some areas. You had some injuries. You, you had some people you were counting on to, to contribute that didn't. And here you are. I mean, it's one of those things, and I've said it before, I never saw it coming in this manner. I, I felt like you may have had enough, but it really dawned on me the other night we were doing a game and Jose uh, Quintana was pitching for the Mets. Now, granted, he's been injured most of the year, but the problem was the Cardinals never replaced him in the rotation. No one came close to what Quintana did for the Cardinals last year, let alone this year. I mean, I know he's only got one victory, but he's kept the Mets in virtually every game. We, we, he, we, the Cardinals never replaced him, and that was the beginning of your problem. Throwing your bullpen and, and, and closers who can't close more than once a week, and then you have injuries and this and that, and, you know, it was a perfect storm. Clave, speaking of the bullpen, uh, we're still waiting on some more updates on Ryan Helsley as he gets another round of tests and he's being evaluate, evaluated. Where do you think that they go from here with Ryan Helsley, and how much do you think that if he does need some sort of surgery that could affect how they approach this offseason? Well, regardless of whether Helsley needs surgery or not, they're going to go out and look for some more help closing-wise in the bullpen. You know, JoJo Romero has done a nice job recently, uh, but I still think he needs some experience out there. Um, the Helsley thing, it's, it's really up in the air because, you know, you really can't count on him. I mean, this is like the second year of his three years with the Cardinals that he's had some injury that has slowed him down. And the first one, he had to have surgery, and he was done for the year. And this, we just don't know. I mean, it's just – it's. It's a crapshoot right now. But I, I'm not pinning my hopes on making Ryan Helsley my number one guy of the bullpen. I can't, can't risk it. Uh, you you got to have some more reliable people. Claves, I'm looking at uh, Genesis Cabrera, Genesis Cabrera and what he's done since he was traded. Do you look at some of these people, some of the people that were traded, and, and wonder why the Cardinals couldn't get that out of them when they were on the roster? Um, yes and no. You know, some guys need a change of scenery. 
some guys want a more defined role. And I think Cabrera is one of those guys. I mean, his stuff is good, all right? But, you know, when he was put in some high-leverage situations, he couldn't get it done. And, you know, maybe it, there's a different philosophy philosophy in Toronto. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, maybe it's just a different role that he has that he felt he could have had here. And let's face it, he was given the opportunity, all right? He couldn't make this team out of spring training. Okay, so once he got called up, he was good for a few outings, and then things started to get haywire, and then the walks came around, the lack of control. He fell in love with a certain pitch too much, and teams were sitting on it. You know, so it was, there were just a lot of things that were going wrong, but that doesn't mean he's not in a position to be a very good pitcher for somebody. It just wasn't his time for the Cardinals. Claves, I know you talked to Nick Ragone from the Ascension Charity Classic every week at Claves Online, and you had an, a recent interview with uh, Alonzo Bird, one of our favorites. Uh, and we've been out at the uh, the Ascension the last couple of years. It really is very similar to a regular tour event. I, I hope fans that haven't been sports fans that haven't been out to an Ascension get out there because it's a big time event. Yeah, it, it really is, and you know, I, I think it's more fun for for a lot of reasons. One is that one of the great courses in St. Louis, Norwood Hills. Um, the other thing is this. The players that are on the tour, on this tour, we all know who they are. I mean, you know, the PGA Tour is a good tour. I don't think it's great because, you know, there's so many new faces on it, and they're all trying to find their way. But on this a Champions Tour, everybody you know, you've seen them play before. They were good players when they were under 50. They become good players since they passed the age of 50. And uh, I, I just think it's a lot of fun. I, I, I think that for people to go out and check it out, uh, you, you're going to get very close. And I think when you look at sports, this is as close as you can get to an athlete performing his art, performing his skill. I mean, you can't sit that close at a football game. You can't sit that close at a baseball game. You can actually ha- – there's a rope that separates you and that player from being able to be that close to him to watch him play and learn the game. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, I, I think one of the issues with the, the Champions Tour, I can learn more from the Champions Tour and the Women's Tour than I can learn from the PGA Tour to apply to my own game. Okay? First of all, I learned that I learned from those guys which end of the club to hold. Okay? And then the other thing is I don't have to worry about trying to hit it, you know, with such, with, with such speed. It's all about easy pace, and you still find the ball in the middle of the fairway. So uh, I've I found this event to be very rewarding for me as a golfer, but also as a fan to watch some of these guys just really golf their balls. Wait, you're you're allowed to get have the ball right in the middle of the fairway? Well, you know that's what they tell me. At least that's <laughs> that was the rules the last time I was out. Now I've, they may have changed it I've because never I know when that. I did hit them in the fairway, they kind of looked at me like, "Are you sure you're supposed to be here?" <laughs> What do we got on Claves Online right now? Well, this week, you know, how about this? So Joe Roderick, you know, with Amarillo, Illinois, they, we have Joe Roderick doing some pole work, you know, climbing the pole. He's got all the equipment on the whole nine yards. <laughs> he went up with a linesman just to show how this actually works. So we have that little feature. Uh, we also have Dr. Rick Lehman in, in another great sports medicine podcast. A walk in the fairway with uh, Nick Ragone comes your way on Thursday, along with Good Nightingale, Bob Nightingale. We just kind of cover the gamut of baseball. And coming up soon, huddle up with Howard. Uh, Howard Richards talking some football. So I have one question for Kerry. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much time we have. Kerry, how can anybody assess who's good in the NFL when none of the good players play? 
Yeah, I, I mean, that, well, we were talking about this earlier with war. The, the good players, you know they're good players because they're starters. So, you know, right. you just – preseason is a difficult time. For me, I can't really watch preseason football because it's not, as you said, it's not the, the players that you know. But every now and then you'll get a guy that stands out and shows you his ability, and those are the guys that you get excited for. I, I think of Victor Cruz some years ago when he was a rookie, just just how he lit up the preseason. But yeah, it, it's tough to watch this preseason football. I, I, it's I'm even tougher. No, it's much you know, tougher. I, yeah. I'm of the belief that, you know, realistically, 48 of the 53 spots are already taken. Yes. Spoken for. Yeah. So we're, we're trying to figure out who can play special teams, Correct. who can be a backup long snapper, who can be another guy that you can we can throw in and see key situations, and maybe we find a kick or a punt return along the way. Yeah. But other than that, I, I think that – but the problem with that I have is because these guys don't play, when the whistle blows for real, none of them are actually in football shape right. because of the lack of contact and the actual reps that they, they actually need. I don't follow this game or tell you, pay attention to it until the end of September. Yeah, so probably, I mean – the, almost almost middle October. I agree because it, I was telling Randy and Brooke the a few years ago when they had four games, you knew that third preseason game was going to be the starters. They were going to play an entire half. You were going to get a glimpse of what that team would look like. Now, I I don't know what they're going to look like. And it does take them a few weeks to really <laughs> figure out which, which direction they're going. Well, I'm glad to hear it from a trained professional because I always thought that was the case. So now I heard it from you. I'm good to go. I appreciate it. <laughs> Claves, love having you on, man. Have a great day, and we'll be tuned in tonight. All right. Hey, Kerry, when game? Uh, this Saturday at Missouri Baptist oh. versus Luther North. Well, good luck to you on that, my friend. And we have to pick a night, uh, you know, have one more run before you really get into this. Sounds like a plan. All right. Have, All right. have fun this weekend. You guys take care. Thanks, Claves. Thank See you later. What time is that game at Mobap? 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Saturday. Be a good one. Hazelwood it's Central be a Hawks. really good one. Ooh, we're it. excited. I, I, you should be excited. We had practice at 5 a.m. this morning. And the players were there and loved they were, it. They were locked in, dialed okay. in. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, they pretty were. good. Yes. <laughs> we like that. We like that a lot. Yeah. So uh, will the Cardinals plan uh, get enough at-bats for Nolan Gorman while finding defensive balance? There's one way to get Nolan Gorman enough at-bats and getting defensive balance, and we're going to tell you what it is next on 101 ESPN. (laughs) You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. One, two, three, four. Well, I think a lot of it's going to depend on what we do in the outfield, um, how we think through it. I mean, the one thing about Tommy is he gives you some flexibility. Um, so, so I think like trying to determine exactly how we split all this up is a bit premature. But clearly, someone like a Mason Wynn, uh, I, I do imagine we'll see him at some point this year. And I think that'll give us a good gauge of where we think he is in terms of can he be that everyday shortstop moving forward. But I could also see Tommy Edmond going back to second base, too. And then trying to get a little bit more flexibility with, with Gorman playing on the corners and DHing. So, I mean, I wouldn't rule anything out right now. I think you have to almost think about it as like a whiteboard and understand that the more flexibility you have with some of these players, the better off we are. Sounds to me like we could have just gone with uh, I won't rule anything out. I, I'm looking for a hat because if I have a hat, I can just pick I, a name I, out of there and we can do kind of a grab bag. Yeah. Oh, there's a Gary, Gary, he said it's it's a blank page. So I, I have I have a whiteboard here. It says Cardinals infield. It's completely blank. You can fill it in however you want. Okay, okay. so oh, cool. guys, here's, okay. Uh, here's the way we're looking at this. Okay. I'm a football so, coach. I keep these on. 
Nolan Arenado is going to play third, right? Next of course. Mason uh, Wynn is well, going to be your shortstop. Okay. Uh, let's put Tommy Edmund at second base. <laughs> let's put him there. Let's What's put him on a gold glove let's there. Put, I yeah, think yeah. maybe. But, but then who's going to play center field? Didn't because they say that's clearly that Tommy an issue. was going to be the shortstop? At the that beginning of the season, this is 2024. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, they just said right. it. They right. said it at the beginning well, of the season. Tommy, back to second. You can play Goldie at first, okay? Okay. So this is just on a you regular sure? basis. I'm trying. All right. I just want to make sure because Luke and Baker okay. is is your right breathing fielder, down his throat. Your yeah. right fielder is going to be just Jordan Walker. Your center fielder or your left fielder is going to be Lars Nootbar. Your center fielder or left fielder. Is going to be That's my Dylan infield. Carlson. Let me see. It's my infield. The question here is how does one get at bats for one Nolan Gorman? Here is how you get at bats for Nolan Gorman. Uh, he hits right behind Yoan Moncado and Luis Roberts. <laughs> You're going to do this. You can't trade him. That's how he's going to get all the bats. He needs 500 at bats by being on another team. Yeah, by being on the White Sox. <laughs> Not in a, are we getting, oh, now hold on. Dylan are we getting Dylan Cease in return? Because now you, you, you're talking fancy we to me, Randy. Are. You might, you might make me, you, you, you're pulling me towards you now. They need offense. They're I... a terrible offensive team with the White Sox. They can go get pitching. No, are you going to find a Dylan Cease? No, but they're in rebuild mode again. Mm-hmm. And the best value they have is Dylan Cease. So do you give up? I do. Gorman and his week back. How, when did that start? Oh, about a week back. Oh, no. <laughs> no, this has been a season and, long. <laughs> and a young, starting, near major league ready starting pitcher for Dylan Cease. I do it. And that way I solve my at-bats problem for Nolan Gorman and for Wilson with two L's Contreras. This is what I've been saying about Nolan Gorman. He is so talented. We know his abilities. What concerns me is the back issues. And maybe this is something that can get worked out, but the fact that you are 23 years old and you're having these back issues that you're dealing with, how many times have we seen with players, even this season, where you could say, okay, we kept giving them chances after chances after chances, even though the injuries were piling up, even though the injuries were there. I know he hasn't had as extended of a a break off as like a Tyler O'Neill or Dylan Carlson, but it seems like the Cardinals have given a lot of these guys chances with injuries and it has come back to bite them. Brooke, back in my day, and I think back in Kerry's day, mm-hmm. the Cardinals traded a pretty good player named Andy Van Slyke to get Tony Pena, a catcher. They traded Andy Van Slyke so that they could provide at-bats for the immortal Jim Lindemann. Oh. Do you remember the immortal Jim Lindemann I don't CD? I remember him. Uh, he was a power hitter who showed the Cardinals in spring training of 1987 that he was going to be a great power hitter for a long time. Early in the season, he developed a bad back. Eh, about a week back. Okay. Never turned into the player that they expected he would be. I fear that that will be an issue with Gorman. Now, many players overcome back issues to become really good players for a long time. But with the situation the Cardinals are in right now, with Contreras and with the need for starting pitching, I am of the opinion that they should go out and get the stud, who's, by the way, extremely durable, and roll the dice. Now, you might have Nolan Gorman turn into the offensive version of Sandy Alcantara, but 
if you can go get a 26-year-old starting pitcher and yeah, he's... three years left. Yeah, it? yeah. Is it three years left? I, I, After, I, two or three. I think it's two, but you sign him to an extension. Yeah. You, you have him be your guy. I would be willing to roll the dice on something like that. This is a guy that finished second in the American League Cy Young Award voting last year. He's actually 27. He turns 28 in December. But... Um, He's in the prime. I'll take that guy on my team. I really will. Yeah. I. It, it's very complicated because of the situation you're in. Once again, I I feel bad because it's not Wills Contreras' fault that he was brought here. No. Once again, it was on the Cardinals. But the way that this has affected things, you do have to move on. And also the way that the season has played out, you do have to move on some from, from some players. You're going to get to that puke point that is uncomfortable, that uncomfortable trade to be able to get something in return, which is you really need starting pitching. And the thing that does concern me, though, with what Mosaic said earlier is where I get he's not being committal on certain things because I know that a lot of things can happen by the end of the season. But at the same time, what what do we go into with this season? There was a lot of question marks of not defined roles, and it felt like a lot of the guys struggled to find any consistency at a certain position and really build off of that. Let's dig deeper here, and we'll do a segment on this tomorrow. But I want to do one minute here because, Carrie, I want your take on this. Mm-hmm. I've been to several events, and a lot of people go to a lot of Cardinal events, okay? I've been to several Cardinal events, and at each one this year, the Cardinal players are one place, and Wilson Contreras is another place. I hate it. He's he's by himself. The rest mm-hmm. of the team is basically together, and Contreras is not with them. I know you hate it, but what's your concern level about that, of them being able to be a team? And by the way, Wilson Contreras is very friendly, interacts with fans. He's terrific. I don't know why this exists. I don't know if it's a team thing or a him thing, but it is a thing. And I want to know if that's a concern for you. Well, it's a concern, you know, in the locker room, just like any job, everyone is not going to get along but you're going to have people that you do get along with outside of work, people that you do converse with. And if you're in that, if you're at an event and you're off to the side or you're not feeling, I guess, the love of, of the rest of your teammates, I think that's an issue. I think that would be a problem. Now, I don't know if that's just how it seems, if that's really what's taking place or if that's really what it is. But if that's what's going on, then there are bigger – you never let things – Outside of the locker room, if, if that's taking place outside of the locker room, then, yeah, that, that is a huge issue. We'll do a segment on this tomorrow. I just wanted to get that out there for you. Coming up next, we've got Rock and Roll here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Their, their fabulous podcast, Bach About It, yeah. is up right now. And, uh, on the it's always, YouTube? Uh, on the YouTube, yeah. And uh, you can always find it there. And you guys talk about fun stuff all the time. We do. We, we talk about a lot of different things. We try to keep things on track. But if you guys know Polo Asensio, which you guys all do, things always get off track. But it works out in the best way. At least we try to make it. <laughs> so we, we talked about when it goes a million different directions about the future of the organization, the young stars coming up, expectations, why you shouldn't put too much pressure on young stars and just let them play. But then we also somehow, you know, get into other things like karaoke and all that You're stuff. You're talking about uh, professional wrestling. The Rock and oh, yeah. Superfly Jimmy Snooker and I was listening. Oh, yeah, okay. good stuff. Yeah, yeah. you it's never know where you it's going to go. Which, which turn it's going to take? That's cool. that's what our motto should be for the podcast. 
baseball sometimes. There you go. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> uh, go to www.youtube.com slash 101 ESPN STL. If you do that, you can find Bach about it. You can watch our show every single day we here can. on the YouTube. That's uh, that's pretty cool. All right, uh, Matthew, we got a couple of minutes worth of uh, rock and roll. What well, do we, we got? Gotta, we got your ways and tickets. Oh, tickets, oh. yeah. So 101 ESPN has your chance to win a pair of lawn tickets to see Shine Down with special guest Papa Roach next Sunday night, September 3rd. I believe that might be called uh, Labor Day weekend at Hollywood <laughs> Casino Amphitheater. Text in to score free tickets to uh, Shine Down now. <laughs> what genre is that? What? Shine Down? Shine Down. Yeah. That's like a. Is that country? No, no, it's not country. It's uh, a. I, I was, I Papa would, Roach. Like. Like, uh, why can't like I light think? metal slash kind of like emo. Okay. Okay. Emos. Is, is that, I love no, emos. It's not emo, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's, not emo, but it's, it's like not it's punk not, rock, is no, it? No, it's not punk rock, but it's not metal. Rock. It's not uh, even. I, it's a little bit more like upbeat and like there's more double bass in it than grunge is. So it's indie, like I call it light metal. No, here you go. Metal? I I googled it and the Google machine says indie arena rock. Indie is, arena rock. Okay, so fine. just like whatever Ooh. that means. Yeah, okay. okay. That's that makes more sense than light metal. Yeah, it makes more sense. They try to be like heavy. Alternative okay. metal, not, hard not, rock. Yeah, alternative rap metal, metal. Maybe? It's not rap, rap metal. metal. There that's we go. that's there we Beastie Boys. So do we have a question? Do we have a question? <laughs> yes, we do. Earlier, this is by the way tickets for Shine Down. <laughs> Please stop. I, I will, too sorry. One on one ESPN is your chance to win a pair of lawn tickets to see Shine Down with special guest Papa Roach next Sunday night, September third at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Text in to score free tickets right now to see Shine Down and Papa Roach. The number three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! All right. So what's the question? Randy, you pulled out. You pulled out a fascinating stat when we were interviewing. Bradley Carnell, mm-hmm. and that was the home field advantage of City Park so oh, far man. for STL City SC. So, Epic. Epic. how many minutes have St. Louis City SC trailed at City Park this year? How many minutes have St. Louis City SC trailed at City Park this year? Good question. If you were listening to Bradley Carnell, you should know that. How many minutes did the 1999 St. Louis Rams trail at home? How many minutes Ooh. and seconds? So that one was it's it's longer than it's longer than the Rams. We'll just say this right now. It's, it's more than the Rams. The Rams were trailed in the 1999 regular season at home. <laughs> they trailed for four minutes and 29 it's seconds. Beautiful. <laughs> you know how good you feel as a coach, like as a coach, to know that. Yeah, we're good. Anyway. Like we're never down. We score first. They don't score. We score a couple of touchdowns yeah. before they even get on the board. Like that. That is a a feeling of comfort that we all should have at some point in our yeah. life. Yeah. It was I, just, I, 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 that is a it was stupid. Story. It was unbelievable Some of these how good they were. Coming in are amazing. Somebody said yo ho. Somebody else said shine down. Shine down. Shine down. I'm. It's a number that you need to be sending in, just so that we're all aware. <laughs> okay. Shine down and Papa Roach. Sound. <laughs> Okay. Sounds country. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like some uh, to listen to. So Texter uh, Moonshine is that what you're yeah. thinking Texture, about? Yeah. yeah Texter number 38 in honor of our Super Bowl champ. And yeah. one other quick thing because this, this popped up uh, earlier today, they have finally announced the rotating cast that will be joining Skip Bayless on Undisputed. Oh, let's hear it. Richard Sherman, Michael Irvin, and our dear departed friends from the mornings, Keyshawn Johnson. Oh, wow. So Good they're just him. taking the the ESPN layoffs and. <laughs> Put them on FS1. Wow. Them, essentially, yes. Yeah. Kind of, right? Wow. Didn't they, did Chris Carter already do that show? I think he did. Yeah, that was, I forgot about Chris Carter doing that yeah. show. That's a good point.
Okay. Yeah, Richard Sherman, Michael Irvin, and Keyshawn Johnson. A cornerback who's a former wide receiver and two other wide receivers. There's no way the egos in this room are going to clash. Skip. Come on, skip. Didn't I, I'm pretty sure Richard Sherman told Skip he was better at life he than him. Did, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm better at you than in life. And I think he's smarter. Do you think Irvin and Keyshawn are going to come in with the same kind of attitude? Do you think they're no, going to? They, they are. Uh, what You got to understand, man. Like, there are certain people that play certain positions. It's hilarious to watch them in real Like, in real life. Wide receivers are wild. They don't. They don't. It's the, the, the blinders that they have on to life. <laughs> Is, I envy that at times. I wish I could just walk down the street and see nothing but me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to a degree. It, sometimes it gets a little bit too much, but it's pretty cool. Uh, we will have a show tomorrow. We're going to have Adam Wainwright on the show. It's Wednesdays with Wayno already tomorrow. Looking forward to that. And uh, I think we're going to have Michelle on the show, but I'm not positive about that. Nice. I made a request. Request did you have in? to reach out to her people? Or yeah. she, did she yeah. have people at this point? People, I'm yeah. going to ask her that tomorrow. Do we, yeah. do we have to reach out to her people? To her people. people. Yeah. Yes. No doubt about it. She starts September 5th, by the way, uh, on the morning show before us. She'll be on from 5 to 7 here on 101 ESPN. Michelle Smallman will. Great job today by our producer, audio engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, have you had fun? Yes. Brooke wearing her St. Louis City SC cap and an STL shirt. She's all about STL today. All STL today. Team STL. Yes. Good. CD. Hey, 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 hey. And we appreciate you tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.